Hey, everybody, before we get into the podcast, let me tell you that this episode is being brought to you by Second Print Comics Podcast, the podcast run by Mark and Remzo, who I just had on this past week on our first and best podcast, where the three of us talked about Fantastic Four number 357 and had a great time doing it. And I want you to go and look up their podcast with whatever player you're listening to right now. Just look up Second Print Comics. You'll see it. Subscribe to it. I subscribe to it. I've been listening to it since it began. I also listen to a couple other things that Mark has done in the past as well. But what you should also do is go over to Twitter and Instagram at Second Print Pod. Also go to their website, secondprintcomics.com, and then you can go to their Patreon, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And I could go with the whole trope. I'm not only somebody talking about it, but I'm also a client because I'm actually a patron of them. I like them that much. And they end up having a podcast that is a cool setup. You have Mark, an older guy, talking to Remzo, a younger guy, but each of them has different kind of blank spaces and things like that in their comicdom, in their comic reading past, and they kind of fill in the blanks together. They go together to try to figure out this crazy thing we call comics. It's really good. What I also like about it is that they're not, you know, they're not handicapped by just talking about one thing. They don't have to just talk about DC or Marvel. They talk about whatever they end up wanting to and whatever is big at the point right now, the last episode they have is the Wonder Woman 1984 movie review. And I will admit that I have listened to their movie review. I have not watched the movie yet. So that's kind of weird, right? But that's what I do when their podcast pops up. I end up listening to it right away. In the podcast, they also talk about predictions of what the DC and Marvel movies might be coming up, all these things, and also talk about some comics that they are looking forward to. But even recently here on the DC things, you would be... uh you know, into they had a Flashpoint podcast talking about Flashpoint, especially with everything going on with the death metal and things like that. They went back to Flashpoint with the start of the continuity. Also had a Death of Superman podcast in December, this past deal, and a bunch of other things, Marvel and even indie stuff like Max and things like that. So go check them out again. Go and look up Second Print Comics or Second Print Comics Podcast. I usually just look up Second Print Comics, but also go over to all of the links that I end up putting in the show notes. But go over to at Second Print Pod. Say hi to Loam Twitter. Tell Remzo that I've been thinking about him. Right? Give him a little wink, wink. But yeah, so check them out. And I thank them for sponsoring this episode. And now off to the show. You do Hello everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast episode 334. I'll be joined by Eric in a minute when we got done recording things, and the way we usually do things, we record the intro last because that doesn't make any sense, and we forgot all about it. And now as I'm going to edit the podcast, I realize, oh my goodness, we didn't do the intro. So here I am. Hey, how's everybody doing? If you are not on the Patreon, 
You haven't heard from us in a couple of weeks. Well, we are back and we're back to talk about future state. And with that pretty positive start here, yes, you'll see we don't love everything. We don't give out any tens. That's not the podcast you're looking for, if that's what you're expecting. But here we are. Before we go into all of that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. If you follow us, we'll follow you back and we can talk about comics and life. And love, maybe, and get along together as everybody should. You can also go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where we have written reviews for all the books we'll talk about tonight, plus more. You can also go to our newly restarted YouTube page, which is the Weird Science Comics YouTube page, where I have video reviews for a bunch of the books that you're going to hear from tonight and and also stuff that you won't because we also have a patreon account and on patreon this past week for the patreon only spotlight the badasses the get fresh crew beep boop they picked pretty big books they picked uh, generation shattered number one and dark knight's death metal Number seven, the finale of that. So if you want to hear us talk about those in a podcast that lasted way over two hours, you can go over to patreon.com slash weird science. And I will even give you a little heads up there of those two books. I think my scores averaged out to an eight. I think Eric was a little bit lower, but still higher than what we have been. But if you want to blame anybody about what books are on the Patreon-only spotlight, you can blame the badasses, at least as you listen to the badass roll call. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm Spoon James, and I came to say, uh, uh, see, I'm trying to do my rap career as well here. It's pretty bad, right? Here we go. Jay Jennings, Josh Murray uh, from Not A Robot Podcast, Ted Probst, Lawrence Lee, Forrest Polly, Cam, Joseph Watch, Sick Matt, Razor, Demon 3000, All New Dave, Lady Abby, Matches Balone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Michael G, Comic Boom, Rocket, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Eric G, Aldrin Stosia, Nick Adams, Bill Beer, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Teeth Bonk, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew over there in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Bobby Bain, Dalton Eden, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, whose bills won today, he's very excited, also drunk, and Double A Run. Where is Double A Run? See, without the pressure of Eric, I do that perfectively. Perfectively, I said, making up a word just because I felt like it, and really... This theme seems to be going on way too long for that. I don't know what's going on here, but hey, everybody, those are the badasses. also like to put out a shout out to all the people who support us over at Patreon. I hope you're getting a bunch of shows that you like, including weekly shows now. There are a lot of shows like our weekly manga podcast I do with Luke Hollywood. I end up having a best worst comic book show that I do with Matt Razor. I also have... What's going to be almost a bi-weekly show, but it is the Walking Dead show that I end up doing with Mark Jager, amongst other things over there. I've tried to get a lot more people involved, so it's not just me droning on and on like I'm doing on this intro, because that is a segue. That's a segue to say, I know, Jim, you are ridiculous, but I'm going to go off now to me and Eric 
starting off with this whole deal, I said to everybody, please keep your positivity going. Let's have the hopes and dreams that this whole deal of future state will end up hitting. Everything will hit hard. I've stolen my I dreams. know, Greta, we have. Not everything was the greatest so far, but I think that's still a step above what we were getting. We're finished with death metal. We're going to go off and do this until March where we go back to the books, but maybe with some twists and turns. And I'm actually a little, you know, more positive with all of this than I think my buddy Eric Shea is. But we'll see. We'll see what he thinks right about now as we go into the next Batman. Yes, here we are with Jim and Eric's reviews as we kick into kick it one more day. Is it? Isn't that what they call this? One more day? No, they you do have, not. It's uh, called uh, Future's End. Oh, Future's End State is what it we is. We are dealing with what the future looks like after the Earth 2 refugees came to our Earth. Isn't that right? No, that's before. Uh, We're dealing with World's I read End, the Eric. Books. We're dealing with Convergence. Uh, what was that like 2015? Yeah, yeah, and and with all this, this is Batman around the state. Yes, you are. Aren't you always? Well, we're here, and this is something that we've both been looking forward to. It's a change up we have for two months, and I'll tell you right now, one of the things going into this that strikes me as very peculiar, Eric, is the idea that if you talk to five people. Five people have all different ideas of what these books even mean, but also the what, idea the of King book? well, when they take place, what they're connected to, how many issues. There's a lot of non-info from DC itself. I wish that DC – now, I know that people hate Dan DeDio. They do. He's was always nice to us, and he ended up wishing you a happy birthday, Eric. Sure uh, but even with that – he also yeah. said I had personal problems. Though, he too. did. He also <laughs> he, he can be a dick as well. I'm not saying that we love him. But, you know, the idea, though, that he would come out with videos for these things that kind of explain. Yeah, it's more of rah-rah videos, but kind of explain the situation of this. It seems like DC and I said this on our Patreon spotlight. Mum's the word over there. They won't come out and say, hey, read, you know, the end of metal into Generation Shattered into what this is. A lot of times what you'd get from a lot of comic book companies, DC, Marvel, even others, is a primer 
that will tell you like, hey, everybody, these are the major players. The magistrate, well, they started with Nakano's no mask deal and went to this. You don't have to spoil anything. Well, but, even but that, at least something. they do that a little bit here because starting off all our future state books you have, the multiverse has been <laughs> saved from the brink of destruction. With victory comes new possibilities as the triumph of our heroes shakes loose the very fabric of time and space. Mm-hmm. From the ashes of death metal comes new life in the multiverse and a glimpse into the unwritten worlds of tomorrow. So we know it has to have that death metal, at least. But, well, what I'm saying, though, is what you just told me confused me more about what this is. I have no idea. From now, the ashes. I mean, really, if you sit there, from the ashes, if you read that, now we are, we're talking futures end now. So you were right. And what I want to know, like, one of the things going into this, there's a lot of people have a lot of things they're trying to grab from this. And one of the things that you are trying to grab at me and you, we, we actually, I'll tell everybody for one of the things going into this, a lot of times lately, we have been getting on and we go, yeah, let's get this going, whatever. We actually talked for about 45 minutes. It hasn't happened that much lately that and none of it was really, you know, a lot of bad stuff. We actually are excited about these books and then we're talking weird stuff as well. But the thing that you are grabbing and the thing that I think that people listening to the podcast will know and I know as well is you want to see this future so that you can go back to the books in March and see how things set up. You love you're a guy who does like the connectivity of things. Exactly. The not continuity exactly, of things. And not even just the continuity, but the because it's a weird thing to go back well, to see something ahead. So but well, you that's like the thing that. is you had that with futures uh futures end. I almost said future state screw myself up, but even the idea of futures end going concurrently with worlds end and stuff like that where you had all this things oh my god brother i did this we have this terrible world now we get to see the individual you know like futures of our heroes five years from our present day and only to go back and see that things slightly changed batman beyond tim drake went and changed things so the new the earth two refugees never did show up changing all of that it wiped it from existence but it was still a thing that was a possible future just like this is so when we get back to the point after the two months We'll see what our future worlds look like because we're jumping around time and decades and it's weird. But when we get back to March and see like, all right, let's see our journey to this and then seeing where the confluence of uh, timelines happen, where it shuts that shit down. Like, I'm interested. And that's the thing. What you're going to want to see. I mean, really, these are pretty dark futures for the most part, especially just like futures. Oh, yes. But what you're going, I mean, this doesn't. And the disconnect between death metal and these things, because I already see people complaining, man, I got done death metal and said, oh, man, we're going to have all the best, the hope, the dreams, all that to get this dark future Look, with we, non-characters. All we said is that everything matters. We remember everything. Everything is in all peaches yeah, and I don't cream. know what the hell anybody <laughs> remembers here because I don't remember the last five years and there's a lot of coyness about what it was. But still, the idea that you're going from something that's yes, promising. Drugs. Oh my God, there's all these hopes and dreams. Oh my God. And then you go to this like, oh my God, what the hell happened? But it, it's a weird play because you're you're so doing weird. this thing where 5G ends up everybody hates it never was announced i mean i want to point that out over and over it never was announced Look, and I the hate was that board. big the hate was that big that so you're going to meld what 5G was into this we're going to have two months and then you see other people screaming and yelling they hate it i'm not going to deal with this hey the books go back i'm going to be back in march to then play this long con game of we're going to show you what led to it by the time you would end up being able to show me 
I don't remember shit. I won't remember. What, what does this lead to? What are you talking Thankfully, about? I'll be here to and, remind and you. And so, yeah, but in 2023, when you go, oh my God, the magistrate, I'm it's like, happening. I'm gonna, I'll kill you. I will kill you. I think that they're <laughs> going to wait until 2025 to start the things. Some of the things, like well, the Immortal Wonder Woman, generation I will all the things that they're dealing with is a linear time from our end. So the way we perceive time. So that's what it's going to be from here on out. It's just our time is comic book time. Yeah. And, and so we'll have to wait five years or so to get the answers. But that's fine. Well, that's the thing is maybe if we're lucky as well, because, you know, you have six, like, you know, a six issue arc. You know, that's let's say that takes a week, but it takes six months for us. So it's going to be a little bit yeah. longer. Well, let me tell you right 20, now, people. 30. Here we if, are, everybody. If you're upset. Oh my God, Wally. No, not Wally again. That's not going to stick. There's going to be things like this that aren't, and they, they spell it out. This is like a weird, now again, Yara Floor, people love her already from when she's announced the character model. So they're like, okay, let's do a book with her to show her beginnings. In the here and now. Now that book should lead to that one. We have the magistrate already being set up pretty much seemingly with Nakano and his no mess. But that's intriguing. Thinking of a good guy who will end up doing something to lead to bad. Okay, I can get that. But some of these others, you know, we're not really going to get a lot of setup to, I don't think. And we're just... In here to have stories, the backup you stories. About? I saw such. John shrinking shit already. Yeah, well, then that was supposed to happen, and we'll get to that because that book is bad. But uh, of all, all in all, I think that I reading these books, I um, I liked them more than the regular books that had recently been coming out. So I'm okay with that, but not that well, much. For now. I thought that this was going to be one of those like, oh my god, this is such a breath of fresh air. We're going. I think that the darkness of it throws me off a bit because I know that that's what you want. It's the, throw me off a bit. And it's the future state and you want to have that kind of, you know, the, the, the deal with these futures. It's like a Blade Runner type <laughs> deal. You, you can't have it all roses and, and popcorn here. Uh, and so, yeah, I know the play, but it, it threw Blade me off. Blade Runner, roses and popcorn. I, and that's all I want. I, I just more Origami roses. <laughs> Would you rather put roses on my piano or tulips on my organ, Eric? I just want to know. <laughs> now, it, Come welcome, on, HR. Welcome anybody who never listens to us and came for this. I don't know what you're going to get. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually was hoping that this was something with these books and these first issues. I was going to be gung-ho. I mean, gung-ho. To continue with that, Eric. That's from Gung Ho. Yeah, you got to be a mediocre Michael Keaton movie. I wanted to just like, oh, my God, I got to keep reading this. Oh, my God. And they're okay. I mean, even the ones that I really like, I'm not so sure that I need to keep reading, but I will because we do. So I was a little bit overall disappointed, but actually okay with the books. I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) I really don't. We're going to start with Future State, the next Batman number one, which I have a lot of issues with that aren't even anything with story. Um, But we have a bunch of stories because we have backups. It's written by Paul Jenkins, Ken Christensen, John Ridley, Brandon Thomas, art by Nick Darrington, Jack Herbert, Sumit Kumar, Tomra Bonvillon. She has blocked us, Eric Rowe, Fernandez, Jordi Bellard, Gabe Altia, Bradley, and Steve Wunz. Since the identity of who the next Batman has been already revealed, I was hoping for a solid story about who the next Batman came to be and, and what he's doing in the future state of Gotham. Instead, John Ridley plays around with who the identity of the next Batman is and shoves us cold into the no-mask Gotham City. We don't get much here in the first issue. I hope Ridley gives us more Batman starting next issue. And please, I mean, I know it's not his fault that it was revealed that it's Tim 
you know, go and buy a different name like a jerk. But Jace, it's, Jace, but Jace Fox, it plays, not Tim Fox. It, it plays off bad. It, it's like it's almost Why? like you see a comedian who's telling other people's jo- you know the punchline. You're trying to laugh along. You're trying to have fun, but you can't. Uh, Jim, but- I'm, a th- I'm a 38-year-old man. I know you've known me for Eric all this time, but I'm going to start going by Max, and I expect you to call me Max from here on out. Hey, can I call you Mad Max? Maybe Zach. Yeah, there are Something also, cool and edgy There are also the two backups that feel like stories that would never sell on their own and are put here to up the page count to get a $7.99 cover price, and that's my big issue that isn't really story-related. My issue is you're charging $8 for people to get the first appearance here well, of the next Batman. that. The whole idea, even when you go to the Superman of Metropolis, here I am, I want to see John Kent, the Superman of Metropolis. What I didn't understand with that was when they say Superman of Metropolis, I'm going to get two backups of the Metropolis that have nothing to do with Superman. I'm like, that's not what I bought this book for. And that's the thing. You got me. At least that one, the backups were 10 pages each, and you charge five ninety nine. This... The, the last story with Astrid Arkham has more page count than the real story, the next Batman. So when I go into this, I read, you know me, Eric, I get tired. I can't read. I end up, I'm reading the next Batman. I end up with a kind of, kind of positive thing about it. Okay. I didn't get as much as I wanted. You're playing a little around with the identity, which seems weird now that we know it, but it's not your fault. Okay. I just need a little more. Then I go and I'm reading the outsider story. Okay. Well, this will be good for people who read the, you know, Brian Hill deal and you kind of get little, okay, whatever. Then I get to the Astrid Ark. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? What did I sign up for here? And by the end of that story, <laughs> and I can't pay attention. I'm t- I was tired, and so that skewed my whole <laughs> deal for everything. It's a, it's a comic book, man. Pa- Come on, it's sixty some pages. Actually, I think it was like you know whatever. But I'm I'm reading it, and by the end, I thought I barely remember what happened in the next Batman. Now there's too much that happened after that for this to be called the next Batman. I this agree. should have been called the new Gotham and Neo shit. Gotham. <laughs> The magistrate attacks, you know, Gotham to magistrate Boogaloo, something like that, because it felt like a dupe then, whether or not you agree whatever, but getting 40 pages of backups and 20 of the main story, I said, I, I tweeted something out. It's like, it doesn't feel like backups anymore. It feels Gotham like the, 2025. It, yeah. Because again, we're going to mention that while we go. And I'm glad you brought that up. This does happen in the. You know, the earliest of five the years from future us. state. Well, five 2021, years. so four years from yeah, us. 2025, this one takes place in. And I don't mind the next Batman story. It's okay. I thought at first Nick Darrington's art was a little off for what you're trying to play with, but I ended up liking it by the end. Uh, it just seemed a little too cartoony at times for me to have like this it. dark future. I liked it by the end. And there's some homages to some classic Batman deal. You end up having, you know, the spotlight and things like that as you get a narration that isn't telling you exactly who this Batman is as he's going to try to. Well, not only are you not telling who the Batman is, but you're doing everything you can through the art, like him covering the, like the, the mouthpiece of the cow to make sure that you can't see who it is. Even though at some points it does look like it has that full, like, 
covering, like you see in some of the covers and stuff like that, to try to hide the identity of this Batman. So not only are you playing games like introducing characters like Luke Fox, like, boy, Luke, you're up late today. Like, oh, I had a late night. Oh, did you now? You're not going to be another Bruce Wayne, are you? It is playing all of and these that games plays, and that plays out from of the yeah. main next Batman. And that plays out from the first announcement of what 5G was going to be. It was full out Luke. So yeah. they're they're going to play that game. And in the roundabout deal, it's a real shame that it, it was, you know, spoiled that you ended up having that variant cover for issue DC four. I don't know why DC doesn't think they that didn't this is going to be spoiled anymore because everything they're going to do gets spoiled. Like even back in the day when we go back to Earth 2, which we're making fun of before with Future Zen and stuff like that. That was spoiled because, like, if, who's the Batman of Earth 2? Who's the identity of this? The action figure came out, Thomas Wayne. And I'm that's like, right what there, happens. Oh, my, you bring that up because you broke that story. <laughs> you broke it. Uh, but, yeah, so you ended up having this variant cover come out for issue four. And then people are like, oh, my God. But even if you just had that non-mask part, that bottom, that filter part off, and you're like, oh, my God, people right away would say, oh, it is Luke. And then you still would have gotten that cool deal if you could have played that and you damn well know until it is fully revealed we're gonna play this game we're gonna play the game that it's luke it's luke it's luke and have the idea that jace i don't know i want to call him jace exactly why at this point in time we're four years from we are now we just had tim fox reintroduced into the main continuity i I think they're pushing that away i I really issues to go with that bringing back the black sheep of the family tim fox like you know He's been around. He's like, you know, kind of a criminal. He was doing military school stuff. I don't even know what his background is anymore, what continuity we're going with, but he was brought back in. Now, if the next Batman is Tim Fox, I don't know why. Four years from now, we have to change Tim Fox's name to Jace. He just likes to go by Jace now. And I'm like, I told you, what they, a weird they, thing nobody to focus would want to hear to have a Batman named Tim that isn't Tim Drake. It's all like, I don't know. <laughs> and, so, but, so you get into like, this. Let's just say Luke is Batman. Like, all the, the spoilers that are out there is are false. People are just like, oh my God, it's oh, actually Tim hilarious. Fox. And it's like, Luke Fox is the Batman. All the games we think they're playing, it's right there on Front Street. They're not even playing games. They're letting us know, but we think we know better. But in the end, let's just say Luke Fox is Batman. What would be the point of changing Tim Fox's name to Jace? Even I don't if he's know. Batman or he's not Batman. What kind of part of the story is that? Here is the thing that's going on and what Jeez. I would think, because I would hope that we're going to end up seeing a bit of what made him become Batman. I mean, I would hope that we would get that. And while you're doing this, where you're going to show, hey, it's Luke. He's Batman. All right. He's the new Batman. He's the- oh, man, that Tim changing the What a jerk. What a jerk. To reveal that the jerk, he's the, you know, and to have that, I only think that at one point he saved some kid whose name was Jace and he died and he's doing it as a, uh, in my mind, in my mind, an homage, but what I I think, I shall forever be Jace now. What What? I think though is that he's going to change the name. Because he's a new person. He's leaving Tim behind. Oh, Tim was the black sheep, the bad boy. He's leaving well, that behind yeah, and recreating himself. Thing. Exactly. It's like Prince. That guy changed his name every time he ran he into trouble, symbol. right? He, <laughs> it was more getting out of contracts, but still, you end up where it's, it's like Kobe Bryant. He does some bad things. He goes from number eight to 24. This is what you do, Eric. You say it's, so. it's a deal. He can't go with, I'm 24 now. He's Chase. I just think, I, and really, I'm telling you, when he's like, do it for me, Tim. Uh, you know, make Jay. You're right. I will become you, Jace, father. I don't know how it works, Eric. But you end up where there's a twisted continuity here. And this is what I was like. You're looking for when we come back to look what leads in. I'm actually looking. Okay, I want to see what has changed. 
though it's weird to wonder about the future because things could happen within five years, but I want to know certain things. Like in this book, Caliber comes back. You pointed out in the outsider story, yeah, you could kind of go in the Lazarus pit and do that. Yeah, but, you even said that Ra's al Ghul could bring him back at any time back in the in story. in this, there's never Katana saying, oh, my God, you were dead. Or him saying, yeah, but that. Well, so what a what weird I'm thing to bring for. back up, Al, five years later, if you want to go. Like, I'm still going well, to say like five years It seems like she just ran into him here. So, you know, I thought you were dead for five years. I think that what I was looking for are these little tweaks. It's a hard game to play because that five years difference, like you just said. But the idea that you just reintroduced him into the deal where Tamara, she was fine. The idea that she had done snake bite, this drug, and had gone into a coma and become a vegetable. Also known as Viper? Was back in the New 52, the Batwing book. And so when we saw her again, we wondered what the hell happened. She wasn't just like, oh, she's sick. She She got better. She was a vegetable, Eric. (laughs) She wasn't. So that's pretty bad. Yeah, it is. And so we had her back. Well, now in this five years later, you throw out the idea of, oh man, you weren't around when she rehab. And I'm like, is this the second time? Like, has she been a vegetable twice? And I think that it's melting. Well, this is the thing that I think is melting the deal. Because we had her back around, and the thing is, at some point in the last four years of our timeline, Tamara went back to a drug that she was administered to her, made her crazy and a vegetable. She got over it, and she thought to herself out of nowhere, I did it like that high before I became crazy and became a vegetable. I think I'm going to get back to that. Like, no, Tamara. thing, though, it doesn't make sense because when Luke says – Crystal Death's a a hell of a drug. A little late for that, you can go. You had all the time in the world to be with Tam before she relapsed, but you were too busy running around wherever okay so things didn't go well when he came back and went not now we'll see what happens in the batman book if we see him because we'll be wait but then he says i wasn't running around i got sent away and then luke says you got out of that military academy years ago this now flip-flops over his recent appearance that would have been before that. They even mentioned the things. He was gone for 10 years at that point. He stayed, he's not going to a military academy when he came back then at 30. I mean, I don't know what military academies. I've seen the movie Taps. Eric, shit went wrong in that. But it's, it, it's kind of in my mind saying that didn't happen, that recent appearance. This feels like the first time he's come back. It feels weird to mention that military academy and all that and having her back. But this might be one of those of correcting mistakes, like we said, that maybe this timeline deal will do. It's not a big deal. I think it's the thing is, the way it's played out, it's not the best, but I really do want to think it's like, oh, you would have had all the time in the world, Tam, before she relapsed. Thinking like, you know, when we were kids, you could have been around more. Hey, I was sent away. You got out of military school years ago. <laughs> yeah, you well, know, he was happened. Al- he was already back five years ago, though. Again, so the, the thing idea. Is, yeah. It's four or five years in the long, the big scheme of things for how long you've been around in the family. He could have been gone for 10 years before that. So, like, you know, it's one of those things. Like, you could have been around more at this point. Well, I was around then. That part doesn't count because I'm mad at you. Yeah, I'm just saying, if, if I was gone for 10 years, came back, and I was around you, and we don't know, but I'm guessing because of how this has played out, now he has to leave again. But the idea of, like, yeah, you went to military, like, that was, you would have already discussed this when he already had come back. It's weird to have that but and that sets up pretty much that's only to show that there's you know jace now tim who is was never around for anybody and yeah. he's a jerk and he's the the black sheep of the family to set up i think where the you fox find family out, screw up and yeah the fox family screw up and and when you end up having Fuck the you, big luke. reveal i do think the reveal will be luke 
finding out that he is the Batman and then realizing he's not so bad. I don't even know if we're going to get this out of future state, but since we have a Tim Fox, which is believed to Jace. be the next Batman, I'm not going to call him Jace because that's stupid. That's it's like back in middle school. I Jace. had a friend named Kelly, and at that point in time over the summer, Casper the movie had just come out, and like you know, the, the main character in that was named Cat. So when the teacher's going around the first day school, hi, um, what's your name and what would you like to be called? Oh, I'm Kelly, but you can call me Cat. Everybody laughed at her. Nobody ever fucking called her Cat. You can't be a grown-ass man and just be like, hey there, Tim. No, no, my name's Jace. No one's calling you that. That, you that makes like me asshole. laugh. That's like when you go and, and you meet somebody or whatever, and they're like, hey, come on over, and they have like an old pet, like an old dog. I'm like, oh, who's that? And a lot of people are sports fans. They name the pets after a sports figure. Unfortunately, at that point, that that guy's been retired for eight years. So, hey, what's going on with it? What's that cat's name? Franco Harris. Like, who the fuck is that? Like, yeah, that's you know. a cool cat. Yeah, really, Franco. Uh, but yeah, when we're going through this, I just, you're playing that game, Bully Luke, you know, is going to be the deal. But then you get away and, and where, where you end up having this. And again, it's more of the way the issue's set up. You have three stories, all equal length. So they're not really backups. This is more of an anthology. And then you end up going away from the next Batman to do something that it's not bad. You like it, but I think that it's wasted space in the time where we want to see the next Batman. And what I'm worried about is the next Batman story is fully based on the mystery of who it is. We're not going to see much of a real story. I'm very worried about that. And we're that. already, we already know. So it's the mystery well, already solved. you have solved. the next Batman going after the Bainlitos going on, the Bainlitos gang, the little Sam Prisca, that's fine to me because you actually get to see the next Batman do something. But when you break away for a larger mystery going on with a Detective Chubb and, and Whitaker. Detective Whitaker here talking about the idea of the magistrate and about Whitaker being retired but helping out gangs who are doing stuff to, you know, He'll help you or like facilitate the thing you want to do as long as you do it once and you get out and stuff like that. As long as you leave the city and never do it again, like he will help you out this whole situation against the magistrate. It's like a weird, like, you know, retirement plan that this ex detective Whitaker has and like, you know, Chubb wants to know about his ex partner. This to me feels like the weirdest part of the book beyond, you know, the playing games of the identity and stuff like that because we don't understand the state of Gotham at this point. We know the magistrate is all anti mass even though we still have gangs going on like you know, the Bainlitos, which I'm telling you, I like that I don't gang. like the Bainlitos. It's normal gang stuff, but they were a Bane mass. It makes me giggle. It is normal like gang idea. stuff, but it's also normal Gotham. Like, this doesn't give me a, a five years ahead. This is what would happen in any sort of Gotham time period where there would be gangs. Yeah, they may not be the Bainlitos. But Bain when Litos. you have peacekeepers around that will murder you on if you wear a mask and these freaking gangbangers are bringing kids in is the idea though it's not like hey kids come and join us we're gonna wear masks but we're gonna go and help old ladies across the street and buy them groceries they're doing shit that's gonna get them in trouble at any time whether they have a mask or not the masks up the ante and the masks are kind of like that's the initiation and and but it's just the same as having Crip tattoos or wearing a red band. That, like, to me, it's very similar to any sort of gang activity. Plus, they're murdering people that is against the law in any time. That's what throws me off. I would have liked to have seen something better because of the no masks that the gangs kind of switch things around of what they're doing. This is just regular gangs. Down. This is just regular gangs. To, oh, no masks to say. We're going to start wearing like, more hey, masks. But it's not like, hey, you know, one of the things I'm wearing, seven masks. With, with the eyes. Suck it, Don't we all wear masks in life, Eric? Uh, 
But when they go out to shop, like, I would think that the big thing would be, okay, everybody's down, no masks, okay, the initiation is for you, almost like a diehard with vengeance, is to put on a mask and run through downtown and try to get away from these, you know, the peacekeepers and stuff. They're just going and gangbanging like normal. And it it ends up where I like the idea, but in the, the roundabout way, the masks just end up being gangs and this sort of activity is always against the law. The mask just kind of fit the MO here. It's nothing different than if, again, we were wearing gang colors or we had certain tattoos or we went and did stuff. But I like the idea that Batman saves these kids uh, because they want to get. And I, I think that John Ridley, unfortunately, he might center too much on this disenfranchised deal of this Gotham, but it's that's not new. Gotham always has this. This Gotham that is bad is more bad against you know, the vigilantes, it's more against, but the, the pieces of shit are always the pieces of shit, and they still are, and they're just going around shooting people, and I want more than that. I want a little more well, of what's going on. Well, the thing is, on. maybe we're dealing with this because who knows what's really going on with the supervillains outside of you, uh, obviously, the Ar- the uh, Arkham Knight backup story, but for the most part, it seems like Gotham is a pretty safe place, and all we really have to deal with is basic-level street crime, like gangbangers going around just trying to do a drive-by to a rival it's gang. It's weird, though, because the, the point of view that we're getting is real shitty. I mean, especially in the, the outsider's deal, where people are trying to smuggle themselves out, and they won't like it, it ends up kind of giving me mixed ideas about what exactly was going on. And I said to you, kind of a joke, because I don't need any more reading. Eric. The idea that we we should maybe have a magistrate book, maybe a book that centers on because I'd like to see what they're doing, what's going on, because without seeing the awfulness of what they're really doing. Yeah, they're chasing Katana, but she's against the law wearing a mask. I'd like to see them. Are they going around cracking skulls for no reason? Are they doing this? They do say it's they martial law. They will shoot law. you on sight well, if they you wear will. a mask. Well, that doesn't sound like it's a safe place. And in fact, where Katana starts spelling out, and even uh, Astrid Arkham, the idea that this is martial law that's going against people's you know, rights and, and really going against the Constitution and stuff like that, that doesn't so... Uh, you know what I mean? I'm getting both sides of the deal and not really knowing either of them. I want to see more of that, too, to know that they need a Batman, to know that Katana is doing the right thing and all that. But in this next Batman, we don't really get much of that. We do get Batman trying to save well, besides these the idea kids. That it seems, you know, like we're taking away people's personal freedoms. The idea I mean, that's that, pretty that, bad. That is- that's the world, but the Batman family, it doesn't seem like they're really doing all that much difference in the larger scheme of things besides for refusing to stop wearing masks and being part of the Batman family. And again, family. we, we kind of get away from uh, uh, some things reading this, and one of the things that I went into this is, uh, yeah, why is Jace, why is he the Batman? Where's Damien? Where's, you know, Red Hood? Where is, uh, you know, Dick Grayson? We don't know that. So that's kind of another thing that maybe the backups could have played out better with that, not just Astrid Arkham. Nobody's asking for it. And whether or not you like the story and whether or not you like the kind of vibe of it, I don't know anybody was, you know, pining for more Astrid Arkham in this. And that's what we got there. Maybe we should have had more of Bat Family thing if we're not going to deal more with the next Batman. Um, but by the end of the next Batman story, I, I like him. I like what we think again, Jay, saving these kids and doing things a little different with that because, uh, oh, you're going to arrest us. And he, he does seem like he's capable, too. He's been doing this for a while, it seems. He's Military got, school is good to and, him. And he's got the one kid. He's just hanging there. I'm like, you, you better. I, you got some strong forearms, dude. 
but he's like, oh, I'm going to send you off when the, to When the, the peacekeepers show up here and he hits the freaking smoke grenade, the block is escape, and he actually has the, the bats, like the grappling hook kind of thing. When he shoots that, and the one, like, you know, it separates there and it seems it shoots a line forward and it shoots a line up. What is going on in this whole thing? Because the smoke clears and Batman and the kids are gone. I don't know what this grappling hook is doing, though. When it's shooting a line forward and shooting I, a line I, straight I up. actually think that when we see it, it's – I don't know. I don't know what that forward was. Yeah, for some reason, I stayed, I stopped on this page. And I stared at it for some like, what are they doing here? And it's just almost like an homage just to that. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Because that's all he could think of with the way the progression he of the panels was. He does seem to maybe point that one down like it would hit and make a full line to the ground. I don't I know. Don't know. I, I don't, don't see him move his arm at all. No. And, and so then they're like, hey, and the big thing here, should we call PK-1? Hell no, I'm not telling them we let a mask get away. And 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 what got me there wasn't, hey, I'm not going to let him know Batman got us away and almost equals it out to me. Like, this isn't like the big catch. Batman, it's just another mask that at least these guys are going. But PK-1, he's the big dude. And then oh, we yeah. see by the end of the Astrid Arkham deal, that PK-12. kind of setup of the PKs and stuff. And it, it's okay. Um, but the yeah, thing is with the peacekeepers, I just would actually wish that they were offshoots of peace, the character peacemaker, so they're peacemaker one or twelve. I actually thought that's what it was going to be, and maybe it's that. That would be a really cool deal. Like he kind of well, it's yeah, because we're bringing peacemaker out and about for the next Suicide Squad movie. That's why, why I'm shocked. That character a little bit doing some stuff with. Maybe they'll show something with it and kind of go in. But when you end, then it's like all these things going on, and even then where. Batman goes and he saves these kids, wrecks some gangbangers, deal, gets shot at, and then says it's a great day. I'm like, I I might want to see one of them bad days. But as you're going then, is this Whitaker that's going out here on the steps? That's the only thing I think of is that it's ex-Detective Whitaker being chased or, you know, followed at least by some other gangbangers. I I really think think they're Red Hoods. I really think that that's true. And it's the Red Hood gang. They're going to do their little deal. The problem is the way that Ridley's playing this and Darrington is that we are so in tune with Whitaker that we would know him anywhere. We don't. He had We've a helmet on. One time with he had a, a batting, batting helmet, helmet on. on. Yeah, and a batting so helmet. When we, see, when we see the guy in his regular clothes and his hair, I'm like, sure, that must be Whitaker because he's the only other white dude we're introduced to. You go to the batting cages, Leonard? You, you like I would the batting like to cages? if they were around. Uh, when I would play baseball when i was in legion baseball we actually had a batting cage at with you know pitching machine and all that at the the field uh, in town and we yeah, would yeah. do that a lot and you'd have it's definitely a thing not to put your hands into there not even it doesn't even make like well, because, yeah, well this the is the thing though you. no when she does it you don't understand that if you're not told that you will tend to do what you would normally do is lean against the fence and just put your fingers in there to grab onto the fence and watch. It's almost like it's a natural thing to do until your hand gets hit and you break a finger. I actually, I've shown you my knuckles. One is from that. I was an idiot. And I that was after I knew. You just kind of lean in there, you know, talking to the ladies there. You're doing that. The batting cages were great. Why are you talking to the ladies leaning against the freaking batting cage? Maybe <laughs> you like the batting cages? <laughs> yeah, are they in the cage? No, no. They're, they're, they've come to the game. Like, what we do is we go to the games and you get to, you know, we do fielding practice. You're just, you're just inside the cage behind the batter getting your back pelted with balls. No, you'd have to wait. So I'd have my batting helmet on. I'd have my bat and whoever was in there was doing his cuts, you know. And we're getting ready for the game. Usually I think that what we do, the games would start at 730 
we'd probably get there. And you could get there as soon as like four and even go. And I would go early and I'd hit the oh, no, cages. And then you'd have the ladies come by, right? They're going to watch the game. And then you start talking to them. And then they say, I, I hope that after the game, their boyfriend could come pick them up. You know, that sort of thing. Then you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm like, hey, baby, what are you doing here? You here to watch the baseball players? Yeah, my boyfriend's on Penn Ridge. I'm like, yeah, get out of town, you jerks. But yeah, that's basically it. But yeah, I actually had a knuckle pretty much broken because of that. It made me laugh when I saw it because I've never seen that spelled out in anything ever. As like a weird aside, <laughs> my, my, and I never get, needed to be. I want to get a hold of John Ridley. I'm like, that happened to you too, right? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. But yeah, at the end, you would assume that that's Whitaker uh, done in the cages, Eric. And now he's got his, I looks like a members only jacket as he heads off into the night, almost ready to be attacked by a Red Hood gang. That thank God don't have crowbars. That's all. I'm glad up though they have a bat and a hammer. One that's of the thing is, we we assume that the Red Hood gang because the that's thing what is they we, look like. We knew that the Bayonetos were going after the hype gang. We don't know what the hype gang looks like in mass. So this might be the hype gang. This as might well. be. I actually think that what's going on is a lot of these gangs are going to end up taking the visage like the of some Beyond. of these deal. Yeah, like you have the Joker's gang. Now I'll tell you, if this is a Whitaker, that guy with the bat better watch out if he drops that thing. I saw that Whitaker. He can take. He's he's a baseball fan, Eric. But then we go off to the next story. This Katana outsider story. A little bit of signal in there, and it's nice to see. You know, they're still doing things right. And I this guess is, it feels so connected to the idea that even though it's four or four or five years later, I'm, I'm just going to keep switching back and forth, whatever I say with this, but it's four or five years later and we're still doing Brian Hill outsider stuff with the people that we were doing with. They're like, you know, okay, we have the magistrate and the magistrate, they have only, they only have jurisdiction of their Gotham police that they've created right now and they can't cross the line because they don't have jurisdiction. I'm like, that feels weird because the rest of the story is about how the magistrate is beyond the line doing stuff in a manufacturing plant trying to get technology to create more well, super soldiers like Caliber. He wants. I just like the idea that yeah, Brandon Thomas writing it and he's like, I have to figure out a way that I could still call them the outsiders. And that's the thing. Ooh, is too, you have Duke Thomas, the signal. The biggest problem I have with the character, that character that I love, is that his powers are so undefined. And now we just have him driving around in his costume with no mask and not doing any powers. I'm like, what, what are you doing? It looks like he's got one of them GTO deals from the White Knight. It does. That car, and that's all it? I kept thinking about because of Duke <laughs> Thomas and that yeah. and the GTO cars. That's what it looks like. Maybe that's a set. Uh, but with that, you end up where everybody's getting attack katana I, I, li- I like katana here i like katana except that she's got to get the fuel gauge on there not just say oh my like if you're gonna go places katana fill up a little more like the big thing of this is her to say to duke oh my well, four or you five wasted- years the future jetpack technology hasn't come along you, anymore you than wasted- it has right now. well i think that a jetpack would have a fuel gauge i think you wasted some of my fuel duke Oh, no. And then it did. It's such a weird progression as she's going. She has the soul taker uh, sword, which she would. She's talking to her husband, sale in that. At one point when somebody was yelling, she's got the soul taker. I swear to God, they yelled soul train. And then so some of this with Sumet Kumar's art, I do like. I like this big thing of her getting through this facility to get to down below with Caliber. It reminds me a lot of a Juan, uh, what's it, Juan Ferreira, our buddy Juan. How he oh, does it totally the seemed like that yeah. for the way the big spread page was was going through the manufacturing plant. I'm actually, I actually went back to make sure it was, but even with the similarities in the panel setup and even some of the character designs, it doesn't have the flavor that Juan has because of him doing his own like you know inks doesn't, or colors. It how doesn't, it works. and that's the problem. I think that what I have the most problem with the, this issue, this or backup, is 
the muted colors. I don't think it pops. It's trying to be like almost like that apocalyptic, you know, kind of grayish type deal. And it doesn't really hit with me that well. And you just have caliber. And again, these seem like you said, and I said, this seems like fan service to the 12,000 people who ended up buying the Outsiders book. We read all those issues. I kind of got a little bit of kick out of this when Caliber showed up and maybe giggle because he was dead. You said, okay, he could have been brought back. That's true. Anybody could. This is where I need to get things going on, though, in this story. I need them to say, how the hell did you come back? How didn't I know you were back? What not? Even at the point where when he says the magistrate has this whole army of people like me, like I'm thinking they're clones of him then, but probably not. They're just his type of deal. But there's a lot of weird you know, things thrown out there that aren't really explained to just get a big fight and just have a fight between Caliber and Katana because of the Outsiders book. Well, where's Jefferson? He shows up when it looks like Katana's going to die. Be an yeah, now. and all of a sudden you have, hey, what's that? Made up completely of the black lightning that powered him before. Hey, there's lightning. Yeah, but what's up with that lightning is black. It's black lightning. He comes down, but boom, and. Katana doesn't know what's going on with he that as well. He is seriously like the Rai Jin that she called him before. He has become a lightning god, essentially. I thought she was going to say, like, oh, my God, you really are Rai Jin. Doesn't say it. Uh, but he even ends up at a point grabbing the sword. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. And he almost comes in as the energy being from Christmas future to say, hey, by the way, Duke has a, a mole. Uh, these people because it all starts One of the off three with him people saving. He got out of Gotham yeah, they are trying to figure him. out what's going on they are a mole inside the organization the outsiders organization and you have like the Duke Thomas list he's taking all these people to the outside where they're the outsiders that's kind of the but with all that I'm kind of like okay this seems very scattered to me it seems like the idea of Let's get everything we can into this book from the outsiders and kind of make up a story around it. It didn't feel as, you know, as well, smooth as gen- I wanted. They, they, that's the thing is we're setting up more of the magistrate with this. And it's not very well because you have the magistrate, like I said, the police force that we have. They can't cross the line on the bridge leaving Gotham City for some reason, even though Katana is trying to take down, like I said before, a, ma- a manis- magistrate manufacturing plant with Caliber working for them to get more cybernetics out there to up- uh, cybernetics out there to upgrade their soldiers outside of Gotham, which seems weird. And with Duke bringing these people out, the magistrate tagged them as one of at one of my rallies, and then they kicked in their doors. Katana threatened their families; they weren't safe over here there anymore. So the idea that we had the magistrate who are tagging people. At a Duke Thomas rally, I don't know why they're allowing Duke Thomas to a have rally. What is he doing or, or at this rally? But then once you get tagged, I don't know why you just don't get arrested. But it seems like you just get threatened and have your families threatened. Like they just keep harassing you. Uh, like I, I want you to set up the magistrate and the police state that you're doing here more. But I, maybe just because of the way I live and don't understand a lot of things about the world, just the idea is like, all right, you're tagged now. We're gonna go harass you and your family, but not arrest you for this clearly violation that we have within city limits. I'm like, all right, I guess if that's what you want to do, magistrate, I just expected more out of you. Yeah, and this is where I'm saying now it seems like people want to get the hell out. Like there's this weird kind of deal, but with that, then we go to this last story with Astrid Arkham, the Arkham Knight. 
which again, I didn't hear a lot of people, you know, applauding it at first. We were like, mm, you know, it wasn't great, but we. What are you talking about, Jim? Wasn't the Arkham Knight featured in Detective Thousand? It Detective was. Comics number 1, it was, and then came back, and we're like, yeah, you know, the idea seemed okay, but overall, it was weird and had a lot of plot I holes. I need Astrid Arkham, the Arkham Knight, to team up with Liar Liar now, and then to play out their freaking Camelot fantasy. That'd be cool. They could do that, but even this, where it's ex- it would be so annoying. It's explain what this Gotham has turned into. The magistrates have broken any pretense of civil freedom, shattered any illusion of the right to free assembly. Okay. The unelected force shreds our city streets. Citizens are simply numbers to these mercenaries. People are to be a problem, to be herded up and used in pursuit of some nameless goal of order. Life and liberty are taken or uh, for granted, or they're just the whims of the machine. And so that kind of goes against what we think sets us up. Nakano elected once this gets this in. Well, obviously, they must have taken over, whatnot. And I, I kind of am at the point already that, okay, I don't really want to see the, the dribs and drabs and the seeds when we get back. I, I want to know the story here. I want to know what's going on and what we're going to do. Because at this point with the, the next Batman even or the, you know, these end up continuing. These backups continue, but not next issue, but the issue after. They're flip-flopping. Why? I don't know. But you end up with this. It's so ridiculous. As confusing as it's possible so for anybody who decided to pick them up. But by this. And not tell them a date when it's taking place. Yeah, and so we're not really getting stories. I don't know if this makes sense. We're just getting glimpses than stories. It almost feels like we have a magic ball, you know. Ooh, let's look in. Ooh, I see a glimpse of this, but I'm not knowing what it is it's or what. It's pretty damn bleak. Yeah, it is. But, you know, you have this deal. And Astrid Arkham is talking a great game. She's there. You got the, the children of the sun, all, all the stuff that she was big with, where she's gathering up all of these people from Arkham Asylum Arkham. and trying well, to make it. Just in with what they did before, where the Arkham inmates did like Astrid because she treated them nice. So the idea, like they even delivered her as a baby back in the day, even though the timeline seemed a little wonky, but she's out now. She's the Arkham Knight. She has chosen to freaking set it like, you know, begin her clan of the sun again like she did before but all with you know the arkham inmates even clayface who seems to have gone down a bad path again but you got humpty dumpty dr phosphorus two-face clayface anarchy zazz of all people and like i think copperhead is one of them as well it's like you just have a ragtag group of arkham inmates who are going to take it to the streets being led by the arkham knight pretty much let's just fuck some people up hey there's killer croc we need his strength let's take him Fix him up, go back to the streets and fuck some more and people And so the, the basis of this is we're going to go against the magistrate that don't let normal people live a life of, you know, in pursuit of liberty and all that stuff. I'm going to get the real bad ones, the ones that nobody. But you got Zaz there and nobody's thinking anything beyond this. It's like we got to see the man beyond the cuts that he does when he murders people no i don't think i'm gonna look past that i don't think i'm gonna look past that uh but yeah i do like the idea that the arkham knight and her troops are actually you know working out of wayne manor right now which is weird thing because they're they brought up something that i want to know more about do people know about bruce it seems like they must now they are working out of Wayne Manor, and they do have troops on all the perimeters and down in the cave systems below. So I'm like, what's going on I would on think that systems? maybe they went and got all the equipment out. It's just caves. Without them mentioning things and not even going down, I think that maybe. But that's well, why would you mention something out of nowhere that you've known for years? Well, I guess that I'm saying they went to take this over, and when they got there, the caves, it's for us. I- I'm telling you, these are little things that you need to know. And they don't tell us, you know, where is and again, then where are the rest of the Bat family when this is are they upset about this? And we don't get that. But it's well, kind of a neat little sign. Other books come out. Yeah. But when you say that, I, I don't think that we're going to find out right now 
what happens in four years. It's not going to ever get to that. There's no way anybody's going to play this long game. No, I'm talking about the other future state books. Oh, yeah, well, that. but this Like Robin Eternal and stuff like that, the other bat books that's going to come out. I can't be sure that these are all really writers talking to each other about their stories. I think they're all going to be these and some of these they're mostly all two two issues i don't think that somebody's oh my god i get to read robin eternal hey i'm going to deal with you know getting the scraps from over here i don't i think they're just going to go with the flow of all these books we'll see this is just the first week but we'll see what goes on but it seems like everybody's kind of just telling their little story and they're throwing out these little tidbits that are supposed to make us feel like it's connected and whatnot but i want to know more i want to know where you have batman going around it seems like and the magistrate there they're against the math. And by the end now, it's pretty much Nazi Germany here as they're just taking out everyone, including just regular citizens. And you have Astrid really heavy handedly going through this whole deal of, hey, uh, you know, we got to treat people nice. And it was the one thing that was nice about her in, you know, her first appearances. And now they've made a whole backup based on this idea that she's going to get these people to rally around her against the bad guys because she treats them as people. You end up having, you know, Dr. Phosphorus as being the big one here where he is getting sick. He wants to die. She's trying to tell him not to. We'll help you out. All that to get the feels. I don't really get the feels for Dr. Phosphorus. Uh, unfortunately, Eric, he kills Batman. But I've heard by that. the end of this, Okay, we get one more issue. We'll see what's going on. I think it's just going to be a big fight. Um, but yeah. Well, that's the thing is right away we're, we're escalating things with our Arkham, you know, inmates and stuff like that because by the end of this backup, they murder and freaking put, you know, Peacekeeper 12's head on a pike. So like, all right, Peacekeeper 1, we're waiting for your ass. Yeah, bring on 13. I don't know. I, don't I think know. there's only 12. Yeah, well, now there's 13, Eric. <laughs> they just killed him. I, yeah, I think number there's, 12. There's one more after you take well, one away. Number 12, well, you're going to hire somebody, and now 12, they, they retired his numbers. Now you have 13. But yeah, so at the end, I like the next Batman story enough. It's a shame that we know who the next Batman's supposed to be. Um, but I like that the most, which we should. It's the book. Uh, but the other two are a little scattered and almost feel like. Yeah, I could have gone with about 10 more well, that's pages the of the, the original. the Superman as well with the idea of the backups. Like, you, you go in for a future state book like the next Batman. Obviously, you, you want to think that you know what you're getting to with the whole thing. You know what you want to read about. The Superman of Metropolis, I know I want to read about that. Because yeah. all the other stuff just is – like, I hate backups, honestly. The whole idea I don't mind them if they're good. Is either it's something that I'm paying more money for that I don't care about or I do care about, and I just wish it was its own individual series by the end. So either way, I'm not ever going to get what I want with them. So having it here, it's like – all right, you're here for the next Batman. Well, let me tell you some other things while you spend some more money here. I'm like, well, no, I, I just want to pay for what I want. I just want this one streaming service. Don't make me pay for the other and ones. And again, with that, you end up having a 40-page Superman and a 60-some-page Batman because this next Batman, both uh, the backups in Superman, they're 10 pages each to equal out to the same as the main story. That's usually what I'm used to. You have lesser, you know, little stories that... These in this next Batman, they're they're the Astrid Arkham, I think is when I count it two pages longer than the actual next Batman story. And so by the end, I was just I, I was done. I just it was so it was too much of, of too many things of not not next enough Batman. Humpty Dumpty. Probably. Well, there wasn't enough next Batman, 20 pages of that and 40 pages of other things that doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up there. It doesn't at all. Uh, so my score was affected 60. by that. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it doesn't add up where they're called backups. Backups where they're more. And it's eight bucks. Eight bucks for the biggest book. And that just shows you 
Oh, well, it's Batman. People want to know the next Batman. Let's shove two of these other stories in to get a page count that we can fudge in and a seven ninety nine price can. That's that's ridiculous. That is that's shameful, actually. But I'm going to give it a seven out of ten overall. I di- I didn't mind the outsider story as much. The the Astrid Arkham story bored the crap out of me because it was the same. Thing I actually over liked over. the Astrid Arkham I didn't stuff like more, that. just because I felt like I got more out of that as for how Gotham is than the outsiders. Yeah, I just what I got was there's Astrid Arkham. I, then I don't I like, like you very much. And then I I think of you as a person. Whoa, that that says don't judge him. I'm like uh, no, they were judged. That's why they were in Arkham. And stop your nonsense. And she's then got you a get different that. way of doing things yeah. than Astrid. Yeah, she does. I would never have. Zaz on my team. That's a terrible mistake there, Astrid, but still. I'm going 7 out of 10. What are you going? I'm 7 as well. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the art all the way through with everything we the got for good. the most part, and I, I was there for the next Batman. I liked what we got out of that. I want to know more. It's just I don't like the way that the books are being presented to us overall with these backups. There's four issues of this. Like I said, you're going to flip-flop. Next issue, you're going to end up not having the backup be the Astrid or the Outsiders. You get a new one, then they come back, but the problem is, is the reveal of who the next batman was was a variant cover for issue four which only makes me believe that issue three's cliffhanger will be the reveal and that's all we're going to get and, and we're going to end up getting a, a book that we're playing games and the game's over the game's but i'm up. interested but it's, i always give the first issue of anything like this that's new and you're just getting dropped in pretty much the benefit of the doubt because i want to know more i know you're trying to do something different i need it to play out though and i'll give you the benefit of the doubt the first time but it will not continue yeah yeah so we're going to go to the next one which is your book and just to start off the deal we are at a different time period in this and i wish sure i wish you had the timeline in all these books it should all start with the timeline but this is 2030 you know, That's this right. is five years five ahead from years those. after. Yeah, yeah after I'm the you, it's the whole deal. So that's weird in and of itself and, and whatnot. I, I think it's a misplay to go through these time periods, especially if you're not going to spell them out. But tell me about it, Eric. Future State Superman and Metropolis, number one, written by Sean Lewis and Brandon Easton with RFI, John Timms, Gabe Altiev, Dave Sharp, Valentin DeLandro, Marissa Luis, Cully Hamner, Michael uh, Avon Oming. Laura Martin and and World Design. There's a war brewing between the U.S. military and the people of Metropolis who have been changed by Trojan solutions into enhanced nanotech beings called Zealots. And this confrontation leads John Kent Superman to shrink Metropolis down and not only save the people from the military, but also from the AI that he believes is influencing them, influencing them called brain cells. This leads to a fight between Superman and the military and even an influenced Supergirl, but ultimately this feels like too much too soon, not to mention two backups that want to take us into the shrunken city of metropolis but not feature anything that was set up initially with our superman story holy moly i mean this one took me a long time to get through it is convoluted it is not good the story not good the characters not not good good. uh and basically when you were gonna have 5g the big thing was you know it was rumored but it was set up that john was gonna shrink metropolis in an effort to keep Metropolis away from the rest of the world who had turned on his father when they got that email, when they got the email that I'm the king of Earth, I'm the one who rules Earth, I speak for Earth, and that was really going to affect him and that he had had enough and it was going to be his fortress of solitude by living in the bottled city of Metropolis and what might happen or whatnot. You know, there's probably some little deals going, but it was. I don't think he's getting solitude right. And this is the thing there where if you look at the Bendis deal with the email and with this whole, it just ended. At one point, all of the world was against Superman. And then all of a sudden, in one little panel, they're like, hey, Superman, we're good with you now. 
And it just went because 5G cool. had been canceled cool, cool, then. Cool. But why still go with this bottled city nonsense? I mean, if you're well, not going to go. Went, that was in Superman because but in the action comic series, we still had John Shrinking shit with freaking, you know, uh, Brainiac technology. But still, and that was part of it as well. Which I keep yes. calling Candor, Candor technology tech now, and so I don't understand stupid. why they're doing that. Stupid. But this whole idea, talking about, you know, our frustrations was just being thrown in the stories and stuff like that. Because here we have a story taking place in 2030. John Kent has been Superman of Metropolis for 10 years now. And for whatever reason, we are introduced to the idea that we have people enhanced by Trojan Solutions. This guy named Andre Trojan, he went, you know, enhanced people with nanotechnology. He drove Lex Luthor and Lex Corp out of there. And he created his own, like, you know, kind of you know, free Metropolis Republic where the zealots, these nano-enhanced beings, they're all about this dude. And they want to push everybody out who's not a part of their, you know, Metropolis Free Republic. But the military, they're not about this. They showed up. Andre Trojan, he took off. But what he left behind was this big mad ball. It was a mad ball with teeth. <laughs> and it's called brain cells. And this mm. thing was put together using the burnt flesh of Brainiac the last time that he invaded Metropolis. And he is a big mad ball. And he is the, like, you know, influencing these zealots who are made up of nanotechnology. And the thing that John wants to do is like, he doesn't trust this mad ball. He doesn't trust the military because the people are being influenced. There's going to be violence. So he's going to shrink the tropolis down to save everybody, take it to his fortress solitude. But for whatever reason, I tell you, it's the biggest problem with the book. Why do we just let brain cells do whatever the fuck he wants? Why don't we take brain cells out at any given point right now? Because, you know, he's just dragging brain cells, a big mad ball floating around with teeth and mouths around with him to his fortress while the thing is constantly just talking shit the entire time and could be influencing doing all this business. Tony, by the end, when it turns out that brain cells is the big bad and has a giant brainiac ship that shows up out of nowhere, influences freaking Kara with synthetic kryptonite. I'm like, why is any of this a shock to anybody? And I don't understand. And and the thing is, you're also doing a deal with John as Superman. Again, we end up nobody, you know, most people didn't like John being aged up. We got rid of the Super Sons. He's such a cute little boy. But this is different because we're seeing this. Oh, my God. It, it's happened. Imagine how cool he's it would be to see it now. He's 20 years old or 21, whatever it would be from the time when he should be but a child show still. him like him we have this five years that are gone and you do see the things that they spell out that he did and it looks cool as shit why am i seeing that and so when this gets to the point oh, when brain cells points out the other adventures that led him to this point i'm like yes those are really cool and i wish we would have seen something with it because i'm looking at I it right want the now, time like, Brainiac, the five empires the golden gods of creon the time luchadors i'm like yes give me more of give the time me more luchadors. Of that. <laughs> and and the idea like you don't get the the bit where what what is this John? This John does not seem right from the get go, and I think that when it's funny too. Actually, when I look at it, this the, the five empires, these giant robots with giant eyes from out like heads. I mean. I had mad balls that like with little action figure bodies that actually had eyeballs like that that would shoot off. So like I think there's a lot of this has to do with mad yeah, balls. Yeah, might be just mad balls. Uh, but this doesn't feel like a like John. And when you wrap it around that, it seems that Kara is being infected because John's able to avoid stuff because of the half human. Like that's the, and it, that's it weird. Feels they weird kept pushing on the, the idea way. that you know. Even brain cells is like, you know, you're half human, which makes you a little like, you know, not as interesting as your father or Kara, the true Kryptonians, and saying how things don't affect you because you're half or like, you know, Kara would do this because she's a true Kryptonian. The thing that we were pushing before we, you know, aged John up was Batman believing that John would be more powerful than his father because of the half human aspect of him. But now we've kind of left that behind and said, 
Yeah, John's only half Kryptonian, so he's not as strong as Kara or Clark. So I'm like, all right, I guess that's what we're playing with now. But it seems weird to throw in here out of nowhere. And you're playing with it in a way that John, he's a dick in this. He's he's a guy who is going to do something. You even said he, he doesn't have a real plan. The real plan is, you know, take out Mr. Teeth. I mean, really, there's no other plan that you should no, have. No, no, it's not, it's not even take out. No, I'm, I'm saying, saying that, that should be should the only be plan. The plan but and I don't know why. We're even dragging him around with us. I think it's to make sure that he's not in Metropolis when it gets shrunk down to save the people itself, but why take him back to the fortress and have some chill time with him? And like, even the idea of like, we are told he was built by, you know, Trojan Solutions from the burnt skin of Brainiac back when the old fight they had, but he influences people with the nanotechnology. He's even, you know, been influencing Kara and like John because it seems like they've been kind of close to this mad ball monster for, you know, last five or so years or 10 years at this point because it's been around. It knows a lot about these people. It's almost like this is their Lex Luthor for the amount of interaction that they have with it. They're just hanging out and I don't understand. And what's weird about it is if you ended up where you end, it's hard to even say if there was something that was spelled out because it was the idea. You fought Brainiac, they got the flesh, they made this thing. If there was something with this that somebody, I mean, I'll even throw out Superman or Lois, even we don't know what happened. If there was something that there was information that he can only get from him, and if he, it, it, that's why he's around. You need something to tie him why he's not destroying. The bad guy that we know is the bad guy from the very, very beginning, even at the point where, oh, my God, when Kara walks in, uh, you know, it starts to change its hue and Kara's acting weird. Well, that's I mean, the really, thing. It's right there. The, the circuitry starts grow, like glowing more green when uh, Kara shows up, which seems to be a thing that is new now, but it shouldn't be for how, you know, brain cells is because yeah, the rhodium been core around too. acts kind of like kryptonite to the whole idea. So when a, crypt- a pure blood Kryptonian gets around him, he can actually influence them to, like, you know, make their anger spike up because it's a, it has a kind of kryptonite effect, but it's not kryptonite. But this whole thing, it doesn't affect John because he's not true Kryptonian, which is fine, but maybe if you made it that, like, it affects these, like, a half Kryptonian differently where their care is anger. John, he's got a bit of apathy, and that's why he's not fucking killing this goddamn mad ball. Do something to take this thing out but because it's so I don't weird. Understand. Like, you have a, a weird John who seems real dumb. He's not thinking ahead, not doing what's right. And then he thinks he's trying to save Metropolis, but it's not well played out in the way that he's going to do it and why he has to. I mean, it really should have well, been something bigger. Is, I need to separate the military from the zealots, and I need to separate the zealots from uh, brain cells here. So I'm going to shrink it down so nobody can do anything right now. I'm going to save Metropolis. They're going to be packed away, nice, safe, and sound. Brain cells is going to be over here, and the military is going to be over here. But it also seems that John is worried about brain cells falling into the hands of the military I, I mean, because of the evil he has. It's too much, though. I mean, really, and then brain cells. He is still like, you know, he's been manipulating John this whole time, hoping that he would shrink down Metropolis because now he just has a giant ship that comes out of orbit out of nowhere. He's got the freaking bottled city of Metropolis inside of him, and he takes it up to his ship. Smell you later, everybody. I'm like, he leaves the city what? with the bad guy as he goes off with Kara. And and when I I thought to myself, I, maybe the setup would have been a little better for like, me. Destroy. Destroy brain cells as soon as the city is shrunken down, or do something, or even if he you don't want to shrink down them. the city, take me- take brain cells away so he can shrink stop. His inf- ass. Or actually, just just destroy him. Put just him in do a bottle. something. Make sure that he can't influence people, but and the military keeps, can't get a hold of him. And he doesn't even understand that that's what's going on with Kara. It's it is so spelled out by his narration, huh? Brain cells has changed a little color when Kara showed up, and boy, she's acting weird. And now it's getting to oh my god, I ah, eh, there's no. And then the big thing is. Kara says, hey, 
y- you think these people are going to be happy in that bottle and what's going on? Oh, shit, I didn't think about the people. I'm like, really? You didn't think about the people, did you? And you just end up then having them in Metropolis and they're wondering what happened and what's wrong with these backups. When we do this whole deal with the backups, it feels even weirder because we move away. Our Superman and our Supergirl, they have failed. Brain cells is freaking vamoose with the city of the bottom city of Metropolis into a spaceship and flown away. And that's where we leave this whole story. And now we go into the bottom city of Metropolis right now. We have an Elswen to start the first one. Why have I don't know. Because in, in mind, it actually seems like it's immediately right away if it was what happened. Because you have Shiloh Norman, you know, uh, Mr. Miracle here. He's going to get to the bottom of this. He's got his mother box handy. It seems to be a little, you know, drained of power. But he's going to go to the border of the like the glass, figure out what's going on, realize, oh, my God, are we a bottled city of Metropolis? But whatever reason, I still don't – this is my favorite part of the story, too, which is weird because – we have attack drones that come down and start attacking Shiloh Norman, who's just trying to get away and, you know, then go after these things as well because he can't do a lot of things as uh, Mr. Miracle right now because his mother box is running out of power. So he has to, you know, I can shoot a projectile here, but then it's going to run out of power or I need to, you know, uh, put some more armor on my shell right now. These things are all going to drain mother box powers. But right now I'm just going to attack these and try to stay alive. And I don't know if these are Kalex battle droids that are trying to keep people safe inside there because this is what John set up. Or if this is brain cells, this thing where he has, you know, battle droids trying to make sure that people don't break the glass. I don't know because right now this elsewhere, which I want to feel is like, you know, right after the city has been bought. Well, yeah, he goes up to it and starts tapping on it right away. So you right, know. later on, though, six months from now, we don't have battle droids anymore. We just have people trying to break the glass themselves because they're tired of being lied to. And, and that's where you said earlier. I really, really want Honest Mary to go up against Liar Liar. Now, that'd be funny. <laughs> like, Honest right. Mary and yeah, Liar yeah. Liar. That'd be the bo- she don't like them phonies. That'd be the book nobody would like. She doesn't like the phonies. And, and do you want to hear about that? Because when we get to that, and, and really, I'll take anything after that piece of crap story with John uh, Superman at the beginning. I thought That's that was bad. Is, I'm fine with the Shiloh Norman stuff because I, like, no, even I'm though saying, I don't know what's going on with the tattoos, okay. It's just a Mr. Miracle fighting battle droids in a bottled city, and there's nothing to it at all. I'm like, it's straightforward for the most part. It doesn't give me all the information I want, but I'm like, all right, I can just take an action scene. It's fine. Yeah. Then we go, like you said, to this Guardian story that has Jimmy Olsen in it and stuff like that. Things Guardian of Manhattan, and Jack Harper. Honest Mary, again, where I don't know what happened. Jack. When you end up getting in a bottled city, or even in this five years, ten years in the future deal, do people is it idiocracy now is it they're losing brain cells because when you see somebody on a screen and then you see jake, them jake jordan banging so outside the window and then you see them again and you still don't know who it is i mean it goes on and well, on how weird is this that we have jimmy olsen here who wants to make sure that guardian is doing you know the superheroing of metropolis while it's in this containment kind of thing because we don't have the superman around right now but he believes superman will check in on him at a certain point but when you have the people outside that are protesting like I don't understand why anybody's doing anything in this whole thing six months from now because it seems like, you know, we have Honest Mary, who is the ringleader of this, like, you know, rioting group right now who's like, the, the, the people of the, like, Metropolis, the heads are lying to us about what's going on to us, like, what's going on. Everybody is lying about what's happening, how, like, even if we go and break the glass, because we can break the glass, we get the hell out of here because we don't know that we're shrunken down. Even John says they don't know that they've been shrunk down. So we could break the glass, but they're being told if you break the glass, you could die. So who knows? But people want to take their own fate in their own hands at this point because six months under a dome, I don't know. For some reason, I think it would be pretty shitty, especially when you have people like Golden, like, you know, Manhattan's Guardian just hanging out in a diner in costume trying to tell you what to do. Like right there, I'm like, 
I might get a little pissed off too. I don't know. I don't want this asshole up in my freaking grill telling me how I should, should, I just should love, not live my life. I love his narration talking as he's telling people what it's like. Guarding. And I'm like, Go I don't home. need that. Also, okay. I don't know. With what went on this week, this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Just the idea of people trying to break things down without information and making up their own deal. I just, it really soured me with it. But, you know, then you end up going. And again, though, when you have guardian and he's yelling as he's fighting people it's like justice is what yeah well, i'm like what are you yelling at buddy i'm trying to figure out this thing out because we have jimmy olsen he's kidnapped during this ride by honest mary who's our ringleader of this whole thing and then you know guardian is out and about trying to find him he doesn't come he goes back to the diner starts talking to the waitress hey any luck what's going on kind of thing a dude runs in you gotta come quick mr olsen was kidnapped off the street he said you like that to find you that was the news boy eric the news and then, it's boy. 50, and then it's like 15 minutes ago Tell him it was Honest Mary. She rigged the bomb to the, ro- to the rover ambulance. So now we have to go to the ambulance. which is driving away, even though at this point in time, 72 hours later, this is how long Jimmy Olsen's been kidnapped. He's been like kidnapped for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. And then we have to, you know, find him. We can't find him. And 15 minutes earlier, got to get that guardian. This bomb over here. And it's just Honest Mary looking at this ambulance, which is rigged to blow. And guardian is trying to stop it by running it off the bridge. And like that, that is our guardian story right there. And I'm like, we spent more time really talking about why Guardian moved to Metropolis and who his heroes were than really setting up the idea of what this story is. It, it's just, I don't know. It, it just didn't play out very well. And again, a lot of these, we're only going to get one more issue of that and things. And I, I don't really know exactly if any of these are playing to a bigger game or whatnot, or they're just, ah, right, a little Guardian thing. But something's missing and i want these i wish that this was just hey five years ten years in the future guardian he's protecting metropolis let's see what he does oh my god here we go and he he does some sort of deal this ends up being a lot of non-information a lot of dark stuff running around yelling and screaming and all that and i just i don't think it plays out well we're sitting in the bottled city of metropolis for two backups you know we saw the city like i want some superman superman was duped and now we have to see how shitty things are inside the, you know, the metropolis for the next two backups of this story. And I don't exactly know because we just keep jumping away. And seriously, and six months at later, one point, like, Shiloh ends up happening? on War World in this whole future state deal. So the, he boom tubes the hell out. So yeah, who knows? for him. <laughs> really, that's what I do. He's Mr. Miracle. He, he escaped things. He's doing Shiloh stuff. But uh, what would you give this? I ended up giving this a 6.9 out of 10 because I liked all the art all the way through. I thought the, the uh, Shiloh Norman story for how like you know simple it was it was my favorite one because after all the convoluted mess of the Guardian and the Superman bits, trying to figure out what's going on in this world where they're shoving as much information they can at you, it'll just blow your brain up because you have no real context because you haven't been a part of this. It was easy to read and I liked it, but this whole thing is like I wanted Superman. I didn't get a lot of Superman and the Superman I did get he didn't seem to be very Superman-like, and it was a big problem. But like I said in the next Batman, I'm giving these first issues the benefit of the doubt with what they're trying to do because obviously they want to throw me into the deep end right away and just try to see if I can sink or swim. Hopefully I can swim with the next issue, but I just have a problem with the way things are being presented, especially in this book. Here's the deal. John isn't so bad, but I still had the idea this is why a lot of people didn't like in Last Jedi, Eric, where you see – Oh, Luke, he gave up. He ended up doing this. When I get to this point, 
who made John so dumb? I want to see the progression of what led up to him being the Li- Superman. Living seven years of his life in a volcano made him dumb. It's not like he went to and school. And even pointing out the idea that throughout all this, he is pissed, saying, everybody said, what's going to happen when John takes over? Ooh, John can't do it himself. He's not okay. You have that thrown in there. So I want to see that this story more than, say, the next Batman. Because I we, hate brain cells because, so And much. I did too. But since we didn't know, you know, you know, Tim, we'll call him Tim again here. Chase? Chase. Again, for some, I say I won't say it. As soon as you say Tim, I'm going to say Chase. We can go with that. But when we get a character that we know and you end up having him here without any of the characteristics that he had 10 years prior that made him a great character and having him, you know, is he over his head? We don't know because it doesn't give you an, is he a little bit unhinged? I don't know. Is he dumb? I don't know because you're just Again, seeing I can really him. tell you who John Kent is right now in the Legion of Superheroes. For one, I don't read it anymore, but even when that thing was going on, I was reading it. When he showed up, like, what is his character never felt right for what he well, went through when, because he was just he kind of that, vanilla. Though, but with that, he is a vanilla character anyway. He's a nice guy who always do the right thing and he wants to get along with everyone. And then he's here and he's like, they even play like, oh, man, him and Kara, even with that at the end of the Superman. And really, we don't have to really go with just Legion because he was in half of the Superman books by the end. Anyway, in there, he's this oh shucks kid who wants to do things right. He loves his dad. But when Kara would show up, he, they were tight. They were, oh, man, and you know, saying it when you get drives you nuts. But the idea, the, of the, deal, <laughs> the idea, but he would say that. But, and now when they're here. It feels like he barely cares about her, even as she's being possessed, that she's more of in the way or, you know, a nuisance. I, it just didn't play out right. I think that this was a story written by somebody who doesn't really get the character and ends up thinking well, in the future. The it's like when you have the Neridium, my core, you know, it influences, you know, like crypt, full-blooded Kryptonians, a lot like Kryptonite. I'm like, you just threw that shit yeah, out of Yeah, well, you threw a lot the, of stuff. Neridium core. And I think that what they're having the problem with, I want to see, like most of the people, you want to see these future state futures. And again, it gets wonky because this is 10 years in the future as opposed to five from the Batman book. We're going to go to Yora Floor next and Wonder Woman. That's even more, way in the future. And so they seem to think that they want to try to connect it by throwing out shit that didn't matter anyway and we didn't Look, see. I, I am fine. When you see the next Batman five years from now and it's, you know, the magistrate controls this police fine. state of Gotham City. No, I'm not okay with that because it's so like, oh, my God, that shit happened. Then you go 10 years from now. We have the free Republic of Metropolis. I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on here? And then you go to Yara 4 and one of them. We got the Amazon rainforest. I am fine with well, that. Well, that's what I wanted more. That's And that's in 2050. So we're oh, way right. ahead, way, way ahead. So 30 years from now, Amazon Rainforest, it's fine. You don't know what's going on in the regular world, which kind of gets me upset with what we had the with the others. Fucked. But yeah, I'm really. done with it. But when you go, and what I was going to say, you don't have to throw for, you know, terms. And, and even though we like the time luchadors, you know, that's kind of a smirk, but we're not going to get that's that. Just silly. What I need to see is how my characters are acting in this future. What has happened? And if I don't know what brought them to that, then I'm I'm already, you know, with one hand tied by my back. But I want to see a John who, okay, man, he should be Superman. He's like, I don't know. Is that too much to ask for this two months to just get something nice? And you get John here and he's just like, and he does a stupid thing that doesn't make, and it just doesn't connect to anything in my mind of what I'd want to see in a future and that's my big thing about these stories if you're not going to give us what led to it you got to give us some strong character work and stuff and and that didn't have it it didn't have it at all 
But yeah, I'm going to five five for that. Hey, everybody, Jim here. And due to technical difficulties and snafus, I'm going to end this section by myself with Future State Wonder Woman number one, written by Joel Jones, art by Joel Jones, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Clayton Cowles. This is the Yara Floor book. She is this Wonder Woman. And when you ended up having the character design and description come out, people went nuts. They went insane for Yara Floor even before knowing anything more about her. And they even announced that there was going to be a TV show and things, Wonder Girl, all this stuff going on. So I was hoping that this would be good since, you know, the hype all went out there. And sometimes the reality doesn't live up to the hype. Joelle Jones' art is great in this. Uh, And the story, while I don't think you get a ton of story here, you do end up setting up the character of Yara Floor well. So you're going to have to go with the idea, do you really want a hard-hitting story? Now, you're only going to get two issues anyway of this solo deal. So maybe it is better to get more character work than story so that we can go forward with. And she is going to be in the Justice League book. She's going to be in the Superman Wonder Woman book. Now, this particular solo deal happens in the year 2050. So we're in the far future of what we have right now, not as far as we're going to get, but pretty far ahead. And I think that serves Joel Jones pretty well there where you can go off, not worry about the nonsense. And overall, this isn't the a dark title like a lot of these others. This is actually a pretty light deal where Yara Floor is living in the rainforest, deep in the Amazon rainforest, doing her thing. And we don't really know what her thing is yet, but we start off with her fighting a hydra, you know, indigenous to the rainforest, as as I guess. And she's ending up fighting it. And what you get, and, and the whole thing with this is when me and Eric first talked about it, I was down on the book because I kept really focusing on the idea that you're a floor is not just impulsive, but kind of not, you know, really smart about her planning. And Eric kept saying, no, 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 it's showing that she doesn't have patience, that she's impulsive. And then when I read more and looked into some things and whatnot, I started to agree with him. And if I I, I got past this narrow-minded deal of her just, you know, going to fight a Hydra, not any other plan to get into the underworld, all these things that brought, and if I, Ended up, when I ended up putting that aside, I started to really enjoy the character, especially because the real beginning of this starts off, as you do a lot of times with a Wonder Woman book, talking about the gods and how things came about, and you know, gods doing their petty things, fighting, infighting, all that. But with Yara Floor and with this taking place in the Amazon rainforest, with other gods and, and fairies and sprites, it does open that up. You don't have that just thin little Greek pantheon. You are opening things up, and I really, really like that. Now, again, I still want to know how Yara ended up being so skilled. Where are the other Amazons? Does she have a tribe there? She is going to go talk to Hades, and I say talk with air quotes, about getting her warrior sister back, but was there a tribe of Amazons? I want to know more about her upbringing, what happened, all that stuff that led to her here in the Amazon rainforest fighting a hydra so that she can end up cutting off its horn, go to the underworld, 
Yeah, ask Hades, can I have my warrior sister back? If he says no, she's going to stab him in the chest with the horn and then get the sister and go. I want to know, you know, how what led up to this and all that sort of thing, because even as you end up adding characters into this, you do get that sense of a lived in universe. You do end up having a character that comes up cute as a button that ends up having a past with Yard. Not exactly the, you know, rosiest of pasts either. They end up having a little bit of gripes against each other, but then come together to go and do things. Now, Yara herself, like I said, she's impulsive. She is impatient. She gets angry. She has, you know, wears her Amazonian thing on her sleeve. She's out there to do what she's going to do. And while she's doing that, you do end up having a narration about the gods and almost get to the point where here in 2050, The world needs a hero and the world needs a hero that may just happen to come about at the right time. It's one of those things. It's like it's the Beatles or Nirvana. They came about the right time and hit. And this is Yara Floor here. And they even say she may not be the Wonder Woman that we want, but she may be the one that we desperately need as you go forward. And that's kind of left there. You know, out there in the ether, we're not sure what it means. It's a little bit of coy talk with that. But Yara is fighting this Hydra and ends up seemingly killing it. And like, yeah, that wasn't that much. No fuss, no muss. All right. She doesn't know the stats. She doesn't know what goes on or how these things work, obviously, because the Hydra springs to life again and ends up attacking her. And at this point, she is overwhelmed. She is taken aback. Now it has hell these heads. It's attacking. Oh, my God. And she starts yelling for Jerry. Jerry? Hey, Jerry. And we don't even know who Jerry is at this point, but we find out Jerry is her Pegasus who is there off in the distance and in a really neat way of doing the art where you're front and center with Yara fighting this Hydra. She yells Jerry and then way, way back, you see the little deal where she's yelling to Jerry and we see Jerry, the Pegasus, drinking water at the stream. Ah, he's not concerned. Jerry does what Jerry does. And right now, Jerry is drinking water. Now, a lot of people had mentioned that this issue reminds them of a bunch of things, a bunch of other things like movies and whatnot. And this thing with Jerry the Pegasus did remind people of the Pegasus in the Hercules, Disney's cartoon movie, Hercules. And I agree. I like that. I don't mind that. But later... We start adding on to that with a Beetlejuice-esque thing. And I love Beetlejuice, but when we start making things feel like every other thing, I start to worry. But overall, I do like this. And she ends up really needing Jerry. Jerry's taking his time. I mean, he just hydrated, but he's not really into, you know, running or flying that fast. But he does get there. And Yara and him, mainly Yara, flying on him, able to defeat the hydra and bring it down now they're there you know and you have almost a han solo chewbacca thing going back and forth where you have jerry talking like rah, 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 however a pegasus talks i don't know <laughs> like that like a horse and she's like i know i know stop giving me lip jerry but she says you know yeah we got to do this it's not the right thing and we might get in trouble let's get going and that's where you end up having cute as a button kaipora show up and Kaipora is a sprite of the rainforest, the god of the rainforest that is a protector, just a little girl with red hair. Looks like she's on a warthog type deal. 
And that is a legit Portuguese deal. It's actually a Tupi Guarani mythology deal in Brazil in the rainforest. And that's their thing. They protect the rainforest, which you end up having Kaipura mention. And she is doing that saying, what are you doing, Yar? You ain't allowed to fight no hydra and cut its horn. Stop it. And you have, that's where Yara then says her quote unquote plan because there's not much of a plan. She says, I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to go down to the underworld. I'm going to talk to Hades. I'm going to say, you give me back my warrior sister. And if you don't, I'm going to stab you right in the chest with this horn. And that's what I'm doing. And Kadpur is like, no, no, no. You can't really do that. Uh, you know, maybe I can help though. Don't cut off the horn. I will take you because I can get you to the underworld. Did you think that out, Yara? Can you get to, do you even know how to get to the underworld? Yara has no clue. So that's what I said originally. Oh man, you know, that's not very smart, but it's more of the idea that she acts first, thinks later. She's going to do what she's going to do. And mainly the things that she first does are things that are going to be exciting, going to involve fighting what she knows best, all that. And then she will fudge the stats to get everything else going. But it works out for her because Kaipura can end up going to the underworld. They do make a deal. Yara's not going to do this to the Hydra. Though I thought, now what are you going to do when you get down and talk to Hades? And he says, no, what are you going to stab him with? You don't have it. But she agrees. And this is where you have that back and forth with them where it's the lived in yours. You know, the last time I teamed up with you, Kaipura, you ended up making me lost for two months. I couldn't get out of the rainforest, all that. And you do have an aside that I thought was kind of a funny thing. And at first, I didn't know. I was not very much aware of what a Kaipura was. Eric was. So when we talked about it, he ended up, and I think it was even after we got them recording, he pointed out because at one point, this cute little girl-like sprite. Now, she isn't a girl. She's not a little girl. She's old. She's a sprite-type deal. Says, oh, don't worry about that time, Yara. I just quit smoking, and I was a little irritable. And I thought, boy, that little girl's smoking. I don't like that. And I, but he ended up saying the Kaipura, they almost always or always end up on these warthog animals smoking cigars as they go through. It's a real weird idea of what they came up with of a protector of the rainforest. I think that when they were doing this, they're like, ah, make them smoke cigars. All right. But I think that what Joel Jones is doing here, this Kaipura is so cute, looks like a little girl. I don't think that editorial is going to allow her to smoke a cigar. So Joel Jones is not going to do that. And I think she likes this design. It's very cute, whatnot. So she has to mention that so that you know, if you are aware of what a Kaipura is, you're aware that she just had, you know, She's aware that it smokes a cigar, but she isn't right here because she quit smoking. So you're aware of that. You don't think she messed up. I really think it's plainly just that. But it's a nice little aside and also kind of made me go and find out from Eric and look up what a Kapura was. And I did like that. So they're going to go, but Jerry's not allowed to go. She says, you got to leave your flying horse here. Jerry's like, I'm just going to go drink some more. He heads off to drink at the river, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. He, he likes to hydrate, he does. And you end up having the Kapura and Yara going down into the underworld. And the underworld here is presented as an airport terminal and really is set up in the way that I think Joel Jones is thinking to herself. I mean, it could have been the DMV. Anything that you think is the boringest place ever, I think, is what she's getting at because she wants to have Yara 
get a little upset because she isn't patient. She might even have ADHD. She doesn't focus that much. She just wants to get going. She wants to do what she's thinking of doing at that moment. So they end up going in. There's a little demon. It's very cartoony, but it's very Beetlejuice-esque as the Kaipora has to fill out paperwork to get them into the underworld. Now, it's a weird thing because usually when you have these sort of things, you end up seeing the stats of how they would allow a living girl like Yara into the underworld. And we don't see that. And in fact, while the Kapura is there filling out the paperwork with this demon, you end up Yara going, there's a turnstile. I said it's set up like a airport deal. She's trying to go. It's locked. And she, instead of jumping it, like most people will do, Again, she ends up getting angry and rips the thing off. She gets the turnstile, just rips it off. But where you would think there would be somebody saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, you're not allowed to do this. What are you doing? Or you're not supposed to be here. You're alive. Nobody says anything. It looks like the paperwork's kind of done. And the big thing is, as they first came in, they had to go by service. And he ends up almost waking up here. You know, you end up where she rips this. He almost wakes up. He doesn't. And then you go on. Now, another thing that I wish we got more of, because you end up where there's Yara going in. And in fact, there's Kaipura, who is part of this whole Brazilian mythology deal. But you also have service. And I like this combination of all the religions. And I wish we saw more of that, because as they're going, they're going off the different terminals. You can imagine. That the different terminals, they're not getting planes, they're going to the underworld. So you'd have different religions set up, you know, there where there's the Greek deal, there's the Egyptian and things like that. And I would have liked to have really seen that. I think that'd be pretty cool, uh, but you don't really. Uh, but yeah, you end up having Kaipora and Yara going off. You see a little demon sweeping the floor and stuff. It's pretty cool. Ends up going to gate one check in where they're going to go down to talk to Hades. But when they get there and they have to wait in line, they get to the front. Uh, the Kaipora ends up hit. But the problem is Yara, she she doesn't have money to pay the ferryman. She didn't know she needed money to pay the ferryman. The Kaipora is kind of like, what? Really? Like you didn't know that you had to do this? And this is, again, is that impulsive or is that dim-witted? I'm going with now impulsive because I want to be a little more positive and it ends up giving you the story. But she doesn't know anything about what she's going to do here. So she ends up then having not any money, get sent to the back of the line. But the, the thing that gets in my head here is why in the back of the line? Is she going to make money on the way? What's she going to, you know, start playing the harmonica or something and put out the hat? She didn't have money. She's not going to have it if you put it in the back of the line. I mean, it's a line of a bunch of dead people, and she didn't have money. She should have been kicked out. She should have been set, go home and get money. Now, you don't want to do that because that would be crazy in a story like this. But really, I hope that you see, too, as I'm talking about this, there isn't much of an overall story here. You're getting more of the characters. So, again, I'm going to go with the guidance of Eric Shea and pull that back a little and go with what is good in here, which is Yara herself. There's a lot of holes, though. There is. And ends up back in line, right? She's there, all the dead people ahead of her. 
You know, I see dead people. I see dead people, too. There's a lot here. As they go in and Yara, she is not real patient. So she's getting upset. She is put behind a sumo wrestler. And the visual is pretty cool because this guy is humongous. And you end up having... Yara's looking around trying to see how many people in line and stuff like this. I mean, this is like Disney is what's going on here. And she ends up seeing that this, you know, sumo wrestler has his coin to pay the ferryman. Now, with that, of course he does because he knows what he's supposed to do. He's also dead. Again, no mention of her being alive with the ferryman and all that. But what happens is they kind of get a plan where you end up having Yara trying to like and tried to grab the coin from the sumo wrestler. He's aware they're trying to do this, and he puts his hand. He doesn't want that. So Kaipora decides, I'm going to do something, and whispers to a little warthog, who then bites the sumo wrestler right in his cheek meat. The, the best part is in the cheeks, they say. And, yeah, he ends up, whoa! And, he, you know, he's going to call HR. He throws the coin up in the air. Yara grabs it, runs off. And when the the sumo wrestler gets to the ferryman, he doesn't have the money. He gets sent to the back. But before he does that, he's going to fight. He's a sumo wrestler. That's what they do. And I assume that he died eating one of those blowfish that you have to prepare just right. And they didn't. They didn't prepare it right. That's just my little head cannon. But there's going to be a big fight. All the dead people are fighting. And, and with that, you end up even having Yara is like, come on, and gives them, you know, the deal with the finger, and they start fighting, and she seems very, very happy to be, again, doing what she likes doing, fighting. And, yeah, you end up, and there's Kaipura's like, oh, Yara, and she's like, what? Because she's having a ball. And it's that Cerberus has awoken, broken the chains, and is coming to attack. And that's how you end with it to be continued. And... Again, I liked it more once I could settle in and just go with what I think is the main goal is to get Yara. And I did fall in love with her. I did with the look anyway. But then the character, she is not and even says before, as you're leading into it, she is a flawed character. She's not perfect. Wonder Woman is kind of perfect. Yara Floor is not. But again, it says in that narration, maybe this is what we need at this point. And we've seen a dark future in a bunch of these books. Now we're way ahead here, but you may need somebody like this. You may need somebody that's going to do things that may not be done by others. Also kind of jump into the fray without thinking stuff like that. And if that's the type of character you want, then she is definitely it. Now me and Eric were talking, I think we might mention it by the end as well is the idea that when her character was introduced, people were like, oh, my God, we don't need a Wonder Woman. And what are they doing? Just changing her collar, all this stuff. No, no, no. Just, you know, check out the character. And check out the character. She's not replacing anybody. She's just there at this point. Now, at this point, you have the immortal Wonder Woman. So you need a Wonder Woman. There she is. This is not anything that's going to ever fully replace Diana. Just not. But... It's a cool little thing that's different. And and that's the thing. Be more afraid if you get somebody that's exactly like the character you love, because then they're going to be replaced. They're just like, yeah, we're doing that. I like this because it's different. And I like it because she is kind of reminding and she's more, you know, she's more human than human. It's like Rob Zombie. She's more, you know, more like we said, she has her problems here. 
she is more of a person than, say, a Diana who does come off like a godlike character who does no wrong. And I like this and I love the art. So overall, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I believe Eric gave it an 8 or a 7, 8 as well, just under an 8. And I hate to be more positive than him because I wasn't the first time. But I like to have the opportunity to come back to this and do this here by myself only because I was going to ask Eric to do it with me. Don't think he would have. But even if he did, I just wanted to come and and go with this idea because I really did start liking this book. And Yara herself, once I got what Eric was saying, let it sink in and go forward. So he's my sensei here. And I really did like this. But we're going to go off now and me and Eric will continue on now. We'll take a little break, come back in with the last three books. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hubcap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shape. It is Eric Shea. You like that bowling Strike. sound? That, that seemed pretty good. I, I thought that that was very good timing. <laughs> well, and that, that whole hey, thing we is are never going to be Eric good. Shea, so obviously bowling's involved, right? That is true. You used to go I to the bowling. Earl Bowl. You used to go there, play some video games, and drink exactly. some of that like liquid soup from that machine. No, I know no, I didn't you. Know. I went there and did that. I used to I like the broth. Wings. I like the broth, Eric, but... We're here to talk three more books, three more future state books. And before we get into it, I do want to mention that one thing I did end up doing some research on after we got done recording that first section, Eric, I decided I was going to look at some things and I was a reading, writing and a reading. And I saw that it has been revealed or at least was let known that in the next Batman the identity will be revealed next issue for issue number two. So that takes away a bunch of our concerns. It doesn't affect the score of this issue. I just wanted to tell everybody that if you had that concern along with us, uh, you will get the reveal supposedly in issue two. So that's pretty cool. But then when you go back and think of what we said, it makes sense now that you ended up having Tim show up, say his name was Jace. That doesn't make sense, right? But just that he had to be thrown in that issue so that you knew when issue two, the reveal, you're not like, you know, Lex when Wally's revealed and the judge like, who is this? So we at least get that. But we're here. Speaking of Wally, we're going to be talking first about the Flash in the future state. Now, again, there's no timeline set up. I just want everybody to know this is the 2030 Time 2027. Deal, I 2027. Saw. Actually, I saw 2030. Whatever the one was with M- Metropolis deal with John, uh, this one was listed as that one. So I don't know. I saw a different deal. one where this had this labeled as 2027. Well, Outside who of knows that. now? I'm telling you, I, I'm going by the one and I guess maybe they were wrong or maybe I read it wrong. Uh, but then we'll go back and we'll be doing Harley, which is the 2025. And then we'll be doing Swamp Thing, which is 4,500. 4, <laughs> it doesn't even sound right to say it, right? I'm telling you, the whole that. thing is I actually sat down for like a good three minutes. Not a lot of time for anybody, but thinking to yourself, how do you say this and make it feel I know. real? Because It's I'm like, never going to. It's not to. Two, the year 2000. It's not 2025, which is just rolls up the tongue. The year 4,500. 4, no, no, 4,500. Uh, I don't know. The 44th century. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's and and really without spelling that one out, 
really odd uh, because it throws you out of the book a bit like what the hell happened here and where is he because they're not spelling out that these are really now some of the characters will say boy i've been doing this for 10 years that's still not enough to me they should have at least that timeline what i would do is just have that year that they're set in in all the books they're also at least have that plastered at the beginning just like you every Friday night and Brandon right now. Brandon is plastered out of his head right now telling me about uh, Mountain Dew watermelon flavor is what he's going with right now. It does. I'd like that. But We'll end up going with this. And Eric, I just looked. I'm going to edit that out. This is 2027. The problem is when I I looked at it, they didn't have the timeline all in a row. They had it stacked and it looked like it was going towards the 2030. There's also the 2029 of Shazam. Why? Why are they doing this? Does it make any sense? But we're going to go into the Flash uh, right now. Eric, give us the stats. Future State to Flash, number one, written by Brandon Vietti, with art by Dale Eaglesham, Mike Atea, and Steve Wands. The future isn't looking so bright for the Flash family as their speed has been stolen and they're now forced to use rogue weapons to try and track down Wally West, who not only stole their speed but seems to be on a murder spree. Yeah, people don't like this aspect of Wally getting kicked in the face once again by DC, but with him being seemingly possessed, this works for me and leads to an interesting yet dark dynamic for our heroes of the future. Yeah, and who who's writing this? Uh, Brandon Vietti. That's close enough for me. I sat there I'm like he's going to do it. close enough for me. I told you earlier I was going to get it. I'm like, ah, Ben Diddy's not in here. Oh, man. It would have hit real hard then. I was behind the, the eight ball, Eric. I don't think I was. But I told you going into this before we started, people are upset. Now, remember, this is a possible future. It's not real possible. I'm telling you a lot of this stuff. We may see little dribs and drabs. It's not going to be an exact thing anyway, but I understand. How cool will it be, though, when we get to a point in the flesh? Because this is actually the most interesting one about all of this to me for whatever reason, because they even point out in this, Barry, talking about things changed five years ago and Wally killed, you know, Kid Flash, Wallace West. So right there, you're at 2022, our time. Who knows if we're going to go linear with their time and our time now, but we can, we'll be leading up towards the idea of when Wally gets possessed in the current Flash comics and we can see how this can be averted. I'm like, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, and when we go into this beginning, uh, back to the books in March, it does start out with a story seemingly having Wally West retire. Uh, and whether or not that would actually even still work, whatever. But what I want people to know, first off, give the give the book a shot before you start yelling because you heard down the lane that Wally ends up killing because there's a reason. And the reason is he's possessed. By a horseman of the apocalypse famine. That That's pretty big. That's badass. You know, that is pretty big. This isn't just somebody whispering in his ear as he's in the Heroes in Crisis. No, 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 no. Don't even say that because that was retroactively added in because we needed a reason for shit. Oh, yeah. Reverse Flash has this new power to whisper in your ear. Don't think it's you. that bad. What I'm going to tell everybody, and I know, uh, again, I don't speak for any fans but myself. No, no. Sometimes, Eric. You yell at a lot of fans. I do. And I'm, I'm not yelling. I'm pleading right now. Down on one knee with the. I have a thing here. I have a ring, Eric. Uh, and I that's got how my I, thing here. But now, now you know how I ended up marrying Tanya. Pleading. Um, the idea that they do end up always kind of kicking Wally in the teeth recently, but in a story like this, Heroes in Crisis was bullshit. It was terrible. Take that out of the equation because that was literally a hogwash bullshit story. This, though, if you are going to have a pretty badass, you know, apocalypse, horseman, deal, famine, they 
obviously are showing up and they want to get the biggest, baddest of the Flash, the one that could do the most damage, the one that's the fastest, the one that can end up controlling all of them, the one that's Wally. Or maybe the most damaged Jim. I know, but I know that this doesn't seem like it, but it almost ends up maybe being a compliment here. It's not, but it is the idea that they didn't grab him. I don't know why Famine grabbed him. Here's the deal, though. You can just go with the idea that Famine, even at the one point, says, like, ooh, I'm doing all this stuff with the Wallies because Wally can do that. You get Avery. What the hell? What, what are you gonna? You gonna get and possess Max Mercury and start freaking meditating? Next thing you're doing, you're playing the sitar and you're hanging out with the Beatles in India. You don't need that. And so you get Wally because he's the the biggest baddest. And even with the idea of he's also in my mind the nicest, most accepting. And That's that your leads now. Now, and Jay's too old. You don't need no old head, right? You don't need the old feet. Uh, but Bart's I think that I think that, but he's not Wally. Wally is also the you know pretty much the heart. He remind, if anything, he is the you know the the Kyle Rayner of the fight. Like all the these, best, he's, I got you. He's the Dick Grayson, like the heart of the, the Tim family. Drake. I got you. No, no, Dick Grayson's the heart. Tim's gonna start naming off my favorite Tim, characters like Wally Tim, West, though, Kyle Rayner, Tim, Rainer, Tim is Drake. Kind of the the brains and stuff like that, and the invent. He's but, the Roy Harper. I got you. So you, you end up where when they do get Wally, when they get well, here's the deal. Take out the whole <laughs> entire deal with even the story. When they get Wally West and he gets possessed by famine, it's because that would really throw the Flash family. And I'm talking the writers. This makes it more of a a craziness. Max Mercury gets possessed. I don't know if they're going after him. They're like, well, I guess that's a loss. But but with Wally, they have to because it's Wally. And that's why he keeps getting involved and getting this sort of deal in the story. Because when Barry is trying to figure it out, and it looks like Wally can never come back from what's happening. They can sit there and say, no, 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 it's Wally. He, until, it can't until be the him. end where they say, hey, can't, we can't save him. It's time to kill him. But then that's because there's just nothing to do. But you see that Barry's right. He's being possessed. But once you end up seeing that, you know, famine and stuff like that, we're not going to be able to beat him. Then you're going to have to take well, him down. Well, just imagine that where we are at 2027 right now. We don't have a lot of books that take place in this time frame. But Wally was possessed seemingly five years ago, 2022 kind of time. So just imagine right now, if we had the Horseman of the Apocalypse coming out there where you're eventually going to have, you know, the end of times coming after this, you know, death is going to ride with them. Where are the other horsemen at this point in time and who have they might have possessed at this point? Like, that's what interests me. Like, is this actually a big, like, long con going on right again, now in this 2027 really era cool story. where we are leading to this gigantic kind of like, uh, conflict between our heroes and the apocalypse? Which I don't think we'll ever see, but that'd be a pretty cool story. I wish that there were more books. And as we go through, maybe we'll see. So I doubt it, but I do like that idea. Again, a lot of these books, though are just like almost like backdoor pilots, like I said, and also trial periods. So you go on and say, hey, I like this guy. I I like the way he writes The Flash Family. I'm going to be back in March the way that they set it up, right? Uh, And then now I can do that twice when we come back. No, you can't. It doesn't work. You're forcing things like usual. I think I can do it. I'm going to force it all right. I'm going to force your pants. You you end up with all this, though, and I think that this is a cool deal. And I think that if you can get past the idea they're kicking Wally and his fans in well, the teeth. Well, it's not only that. People are upset. Like, here we are, the future. I can't wait to read about my favorite heroes, the Flash family. Okay, I'm going to go on this. They're not, they don't have any speed in Wally West is murdering people. I know. What the fuck, everybody? 
that's that's the weird thing about these books, and we're having them with a bunch of oh, them already. No. Is the idea it's all gone a wrong. lot of them though are when you have the characters that are already set, you can't just have this deal. And I wish we all could. right, everybody, you finally got Jay Garrick and Bart Allen back, and even Max Mercury. They ain't fast though, and they're gonna die. Two issues though of me and you <laughs> writing this, and they're having a picnic like they always do, and that's it. I mean, did, is that what they want? Because if you want to see I the Flash is, family, honestly. but that's not what this I'll is. I'll tell you, the whole idea, because we are dealing with a lot of dark futures this whole that's point. It seems problem. to be the whole thing of the future state. Everything in the future is dark as hell. Things ain't getting better after 2020. But when we go into the Flash book, it is way darker than I expected when we go into this whole thing. But the aspect of the Flash family being together, even though they aren't speedsters anymore because their speed has been stolen, but they're coming together with the idea that, all right, look, we're, we're not speedsters anymore, but I'm gonna, we take the rogue's weapons. Yeah, they take all we the put weapons. On a, we become a task force essentially, to try to do all these different plans now to try to get Wally West back, who's out there murdering folks, but we think there's something wrong with him. We can still save him, even though we killed Wallace West. Wally is the original Kid Flash. He is the heart and soul of this whole thing. The idea that he's out there doing this, it's almost like the anti-rebirth era of the whole you know rebirth special, where he came back with the hope, and now it's all darkness. So the hope is lost right now, and Barry, beyond anything, is trying to get that hope back, but he's failing at every turn. Yeah, it's dark, but the way that Vietti is writing this Flash family... I actually love the emotions. Just, there's one hokey bit about it, the whole idea. When we have to force the flash fact, which I've never been a huge guy liking when Barry has to talk about that's a flash fact. But the idea that, all right, look, guys, Wally, he's taken our speed. He's killed a lot of other people. Like, for the last five years, motherfuckers been killing people left and right. But he hasn't killed all of us yet. Yeah, but he's killed Wallace, but not all of us yet. So I remember back when he was Kid Flash, I told him, if you ever find yourself in a gym, you need to stall because that will either wear the other opponent down or you can wait for backup. So because Wally hasn't killed us yet, it's a flash fact that he's still alive. Yeah, like, he's stalled. That is a roundabout way to try to get your point across, Barry Allen, and I don't agree with it. Barry uses these flashbacks all the time <laughs> to just point to what he wants to do anyway. I mean, really, they're Barry facts. But with I'm a Barry fan, and, and I could sit there and say, oh, my God. This kicks Barry's fans in the teeth. This whole story's dark. The idea that Barry is holding out hope for Wally, I could look and say, well, what's going on, dummy? You're supposed to be the guy to look, but he's using his heart to go. And even by the end, I can say like this whole deal, though, ends up turning him dark. He ends up going off. the ca- that, that changes his character completely by the end. And I could just say that that ruins him. This is just a story. It's a possible future that won't happen. And Wally is being possessed by famine and i think that that's a cool setup and remember the whole deal for the most part they're holding out hope to save him i think we still end up with that by the end i don't think they're going to kill him i think that they will save him by the end how we get out of this but at this point a lot of people dead but still (laughs) it's a a, a dark future so you can do whatever and i don't think a lot of people are looking at these as say an elseworld story because i didn't see a hyper time kind of situation even so it's still like that because most of the time these aren't going to end up happening this is a possible future well they ended up changing it at one point though they said it was the future and then all of a sudden when we get this blurb it's a positive that means they're they're just playing around this is just two months of stuff and the thing is it doesn't have to be because even if you go to go with what we talked about in our you know spotlight with what the what the generation shatters really means where it takes place what that team you and I talked about the idea by the end of generations forge have this team of weird characters that we have all young versions of like starfire batman you know commandy and all that stuff steel 
by the end, they could become the new linear men, making sure the time is there. Maybe they send a signal back for our heroes to find, like, you know, yeah. th- there's something in the future. That pretty much they're Doc Brown coming back, and Beth Marty's like, what's wrong with our kids, Doc? Do they become assholes or something? And they find a way to stop this from going on, because, like we did with Future's End, where all of a sudden, you know, Batman Beyond, Ter- uh, Tim Drake, made sure that they didn't bring the Earth to refugees over, stopping everything that we saw at Future's End. Now, if we had this individually, we start seeing things in the individual books that we're going to be dealing with coming back in March, where there are reasons or whatever we see we gleam out of these two issues, where our heroes can zig instead of zag and find a way to get away from the future that, like, but I don't think all of them will be able to make it through that way. Like, the Magistrate seems like it's going to be coming hard and heavy, no matter what. Yeah, but the thing is, the idea that what you're setting up here is the blueprint that has to be followed by the Flash, Harley Quinn, the Superman. But, like, you're then setting up, you can't really tell any stories. Nobody's going to want to be on these books. If this is tried and true, everything is going to happen. Anything can change this. Wally deciding to retire, done. It's done. You end up having all those things. And so with all of this, yeah, well, I'm saying, and what I could even look at it, and maybe they'll spell out at some point, It could even be that these are the dark futures that would have happened if, you know, the whole death metal would have went a little different or they ended up. This could be end up as simple as this is the future of that planet that was promised to Wonder Woman and things would have went real wacky because she did look in the future and didn't like it. And this could be what Dominus put together. I don't know. Or it could just be a potential deal. But I don't think that things are set in stone for the next 2,400,000 years in DC Comics. Like I said, nobody's going to want to jump on these books then to tell a story that, oh, you can't do this. And, and also the idea everything matters, open up the continuity, only then to be handcuffed by a continuity that hasn't happened yet, I think is silly. But with this going on, I like the way that everything I like Barry doing the deal. And I love the idea of them using the rogues weapons i love them so having cool. to adapt to the things like that and even at the beginning they're enjoying it. even bart using the prisma goggles of the rainbow raider right there to make a rainbow road for him the freaking be skating on him like that's a lot of fun right there it will ultimately lead to his undoing when that rainbow road freaking blows apart and spikes of rainbow riddle his body but up until that point it's pretty cool yeah and i like the idea too where in this there's that neat little like a side that it's a future, but using a lot of Silver Age nonsense gadgets and gizmos yeah, that I think is really weapons. cool. I like it, though. I think that that's cool. Uh, so you're doing that, and you know, it leads to Bart going down uh, because he's not paying attention. Because we, up dead. And that's the thing is we are infiltrating Checkmate's castle headquarters right now to get the Thinker, you know, uh, Devereaux's freaking you know, helmet, if, because the Flash family believes that using the Thinker's helmet will allow them to get to Wally West. But what they don't know at this whole point is kind of a cool twist, but it doesn't matter in the long run. But is this a cool idea that, all right, we got to go get the Thinker's helmet. He's over here. He's running Checkmate and stuff like that. Oh, my God. It's actually the Cal calculator who has taken you know the thinker's helmet and made it his own and now we got to take out the calculator who has the thinker's helmet who's even smarter it doesn't mean a whole lot but it's a fun twist to the idea that this is the reason why you know if it was just a thinker maybe bart would have been able to get through okay but because it was the calculator he was able to do this thing here where able you know it led to bart's death which is a, it's a big downer for everybody because we get the helmet we need we you know mirror portal our way out of there and everybody is just pretty much you know pessimistic about the road they're on about saving wally west because what's it going to cost them. We already have Wallace West dead. Bart's now dead. And that, you know, Max Mercury, he's going to take that harder than anybody. But where do we go from here? You know, but Barry, he will not, you know, give up the plan. No, he is steadfast in the idea like, yes, 
We lost Bart. We lost Wallace, but we can't, you know, we can't quit right now because I refuse to lose Wally still, even like, cause I believe that there's something happening to him because the speed force changed and he changed with it. We need to know what happened and why. Yeah. And do you think that the calculator wrote boobs on there so that he could wreck up the, the <laughs> I'm not the calculator. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you. But yeah, he ends up and Bart goes dead. He goes dead. He goes uh, and, dead. And Barry's trying to figure out things as he's talking into his ring. And there's a lot of nice little deal. You even get the origin story again of Wally. And, and this is what the kind of storytelling that I wanted from some of these future state books. It does mention stuff that we didn't see. But it also relies and, and you have a bit of a benefit here because we know the characters. So you can kind of go, but I like that if people aren't aware of how Wally did that, you know, you even have that and go through that to show the connection and all well, of there's that cool with stuff Barry. on top of it where the idea because we have dealt with two time periods in 2025 right now uh, during this first week of future state we know what's going on in gotham for the most part with the magistrate this is two years after that where it does seem that the magistrate has moved out like we kind of saw in that back of the outsiders where the magistrate was moving beyond gotham with their manufacturing plants to try to spread things out and actually make their hold a little bit more it seems that in 2027 they are in central city and barry says it seems like what's going on in gotham is going to start going on on here and the, all the people think that with the flash being missing that they had something to do with it like in gotham where there's no more mass and stuff like that Yeah, i didn't so, know if i took it as the magistrate i just thought it was just asshole policemen who were taking over kind of like getting inspired felt by like the almost magistrate. like a foreshadowing to like almost like we're not going to come out and say this but this is like almost like the continuation two years later of where we left you off in the next batman yeah i just took that you know the whole of america's the being taken over by the magistrate things. yeah but i you know they don't use that that's why i think that maybe they're going to try Try to keep those separate from the other books because even like the John stuff, it, it was something else going on. I, well, I that think was that, five years after that. Yeah, I'm saying though that's still only two years or three years after this. So I think that they're going to try to keep the magistrate just in the the Batman books because coming back uh, from the solicits, it doesn't look like that's going to be you know set up in anything else. I think that might mix and match stuff because we're going to end up getting the Dark Detective in this exact time deal where we'll see what the magistrate is actually doing in Gotham as well. But I, I think the lawlessness is going on. The people are arising up because there is no flash. Barry knows that, hey, you know what? Uh, there is none because I don't have any powers, whatnot, and trying to do things. Iris is, Iris is in this for like two seconds and then <laughs> gets dissed and then hung up on and the, they end up not being able to talk. And then it, it's a weird deal just to throw Iris. I, she didn't really need necessarily to be in this and didn't really feel like she worried that much about Wally at this point either, which kind of threw me off a bit. But they end up kind look, of, look, the thing is, how, how much can an ant go through? You know, how, like, you know, Wally killed a bunch of superheroes, was locked up and doing all this other stuff. And now it's after the fact the world ended, the multiverse ended, was brought back. And all of a sudden her, her nephew, who like, she like, thank God we all could forgive Wally and move on. He starts murdering people again. Like, all right, I'm, I'm done with you, kid. You're, you're out of the family. What do you want me to do? I'm not going to fucking waste any more time on you. Let me see if what would happen. Nah, she'd still love him. No, she, she's distancing herself. Nobody's pointing to the idea, what'd you do to him growing up, Iris? What has Aunt Iris been doing? Uh, but with all this, you, know, fucked up you, you end up having to you know, go. And Barry's plan, though, everybody's kind of down on it. And they they kind of want to give up and whatnot and give up on Wally. You know, maybe get a little more of a military strategy plan to go take him out. 
they'll go with this because it is that hope with the thinker's helmets that look so good. Well, he modified a bunch of them now for everybody to sit down because we're like, you know, I've modified these thinker helmets. We're all going to put these on and using, you know, Max's hyper meditation techniques, we're going to channel in on, you know, Wally's, you know, speed force powered brain. We're going to have a conference call. We're going to psychically be able to talk to him to find out what is actually going on. And this is the whole idea. It's like, okay, we're all going to go of the mind to Fuji, Japan, where Wally is just still murdering, but he's killing King Snake. He's killing Slipknot. He's killing a bunch of more people. And this is the thing is, I love Dale Eaglesham's art. He's one of my favorite artists at DC Comics. But when we get to Fuji, Japan, and we have the speed, the the Flash family of the mind, like the waviness of the art here to try to like differentiate it from the actual like physical plane, I, I have a hard time trying to figure out what is going on with this whole thing because you have you have Wally West who is outside of his body. Famine is in control of his physical form. Wally's psychic energy is outside trying to warn his family about what is going on. This is a writer of the apocalypse. I am Famine, all this other stuff. And then it's like, you know, Jay gets taken because the physical body of Wally West is then grabs a hold of Jay's psychic form and pretty much just dr- draws the life right out of it. And the whole thing is, while this is going on, I just wish it was a little bit more clear cut because we have so many people in red, but they're all kind of wavy and scratchy the way they're, they're presented here. And I'm like, uh, like Jay and Wally and even physical Wally to psychic Wally, they kind of blend together at times. And I have a hard time trying to figure out what it is that I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I got creeped out, too, throughout the whole issue when Barry mentioned stuff and you see that grinning, weird look of, of Wally behind his shoulder. That you know wide Wally? It creeped me out. He, he was staring into my soul. Uh, but, the, yeah, the plan fails. They end up and pretty much Jay's dead now because of the idea. Of and the I mind. love the idea of the way to explain it works completely well with me. The idea that you had Wally grab the Jay apparition of the mind in the mind, grab him, but the shock of that in the real world Give him a heart attack. Get a heart attack. I can understand that. I'm going to have one in two years from now. So then no. there's my future state. See, it's a weird thing, too. This is the idea that, you know, Wally is trying to keep this thing at bay. He is trying to stall him like Barry Thing and the whole idea, but he's too Flash strong fact. to really do anything. Because he's like, hey, uh, we need you to disconnect him from the Speed Force. And also, can you connect us? Like, no, I'm oh, not yeah, strong He's got enough. a lot of stuff that he has, though. I mean, first disconnect. but yeah. And then, by the way, I need to deliver pizzas, I promise, to the fire department. Uh, but, he, yeah, you can't do it. The, the most interesting part about this whole confrontation though when we do find out that it is famine beyond that whole idea is when the flash family is completely screwed jay is dead and the connection is almost all completely gone at this point the wally of the mind is trying to yell to his flash family say barry this thing doesn't just feed on the physical it's more dangerous and as he's saying this the the physical wally the famine is pulling himself into himself saying famine feeds on and you don't get to see it's a dot 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 ellipse kind of thing like what else could he fucking feed on? Love. He's already like he is sucked the speed Eric. out the speed out of everybody, the life force. Everybody. What else is he feeding on? Is it just the psychic energy? I don't know if that's something else there. It's going to be hope, Eric. I guarantee, and that's and where when, agreed. That's probably when a good Barry, thing because why Barry, would you go? Well, he's lost hope now, so he's going to be able to attack and and kind of go. That's what I think will happen, but. Or love, Eric. We all feed off love, right? I'm starving over here. I need, <laughs> I need your ass over here, please. Uh, but yeah, he ends up where, uh, you know, like a buffet to you. <laughs> do you like of love? Yes, Eric. Uh, all night buffet, and, and really, social distancing is not needed for love of you, Eric. So when you have all this going on, though, That's weird. I like that Max Mercury. Well, how can I love you with social distancing? <laughs> you end up where Max is doing the communing of the deal, and I'm like, who Eric's going to be like? Oh, you Max, you numbskull. Uh, but yeah, when they go back 
Barry, Avery's helping Max. They're trying to get them okay. All that. Iris is there. Oh, my God. And you do get in the art a pretty cool idea of a stomping away Barry. I like that he's, like, just stomping away. And it's he's you. got his arms slightly raised, his shoulders spread out there. Like, everybody yeah. look at me. I'm oh, my angry. God. Look at him. He's not going to be able to get through that door. His lats are so far out there. He's going to have to go sideways. If you were a former Flash, and I'd say they're former Flashes now because they don't have the speed at the moment, would you ever run again? Like, it would feel so stupid to try to run. You're like, boy, that's not fast. And it would depress you. You just <laughs> walk fast. Now. Yeah, really, except your mouth. But then they go, he goes up into the speed lab. And there it is, Eric. It's the cool deal of all the different gizmos full of killer and toys. gadgets. Get the spear, Barry, is what I'm yelling, Eric. I like some of these things in here. I don't know what they are. I'm telling uh, you, a lot of these things it just seem like they're random deals. Like, I can't pinpoint every single weapon that's I in here. I can't like, either, what but seriously, that? get the jack in the box. That That's, you know, get the prankster's deal and get going, I would assume. Or maybe. Trickster. Or the trickster. I'm sorry, Eric. Jesus Christ. I don't love you anymore. But there we go. We end with that. And there, there's the fiddle, Eric. Oh, I'm just looking at this It's stuff. so funny the idea that like, okay, the gloves are off now. I'm going to go to my room full of rogues weapons because I got to tell my, this is what you've been doing for the last five years, trying to figure out a plan to get Wally back anyway. Why is this like a new plan for you? Like, I'm going to load up on weapons. You yeah. just did that at the beginning of the issue. Why is this any different, man? What he's going to do is in one of those drawers is uh, Chris Angel. He's going to mind freak his ass, Eric. He's going to do it. But yeah, he's going to go off. And I think that he's lost hope. And that's kind of the key is what that famine will end up needing at that point. That makes point. sense. So we'll I do see. look forward to the idea that this take, like, continues on because we don't have a lot of books that take place in 2027. So maybe it's like, you know, during 2025 or maybe even 2030 when we get to see the other horsemen of the apocalypse and who they might have targeted in the DC universe. Yeah, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think this is a one and done deal with this Weird. book. Yeah, well, I haven't seen anything spelled out on any of the solicits about anybody else being taken over or having problems like this. So we shall see. Uh, I have a solicits podcast you should listen to, Eric. But yeah, I, the only one that really but spelled you, out. You might some, read it, but do you like listen to yourself when you read it? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> even remember anything I said. But this seemed to be the one that book that was. And people were already complaining. Oh, my God, Wally. That This has been for months that people have known that Wally was targeted by someone. I think that this is a, like most of these things, seem to be centered stories on the thing. If we were going to get something with the, you know, the horseman. You would think that would be like the Justice League it's, book it's that it so would go. Weird, though, but, because I'm just thinking about who he'd have and stuff like that. Like, well, you have a Shazam coming up. It's like, is he going to be like a pestilence or something like that? Or is he going to be war or death or whatever? But the whole idea when I think about this, because the way Wally looks in this one now that he's been taken over by famine, it almost does seem like an, like a, a second run of the, uh, the infected with what we had before. <laughs> the, the way they look and the way they act differently and they're just evil versions of themselves now. I'm like, well, I don't want that now that I say it. No. I, I just get these stories that the only congruence would be between the families. The Bat family has the magistrate stuff. Then you get the Flash thing here and, and all these things going on. Uh, and it's starting to look like it would, it's going to be, you know, like the standard DC that nobody's coordinating between books and things like that of other families. I like you to know. think they are. Yeah, but they, they really they better get to it because we don't have a lot this of This is issues. the first week. No, I'm saying, though, with the other stuff you're going to end up having stories then that these again you're going to have oh man i can't wait for shazam what's going to happen in the future and now it's an overall story based on something that they never ever said that any of this would be an overall story it's just peeks into the future so that's why i don't get the idea that there's going to be any sort of big story going through all these but i could be wrong we shall see if anything else 
uh, you know, pops up with that. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is hard. You're not going to give any scores or anything oh, like oh, that? I, I thought we did. What do you give this? <laughs> I end up giving this an 8 out of 10, and I was very controversial, it turns out, because of how much hate that this book has for the way that Wally's been treated. People are just dismissing this out of hand just because Wally's a bad guy, and I was surprised going in because I didn't read any solicits beforehand, so when I read the issue, I was very shocked to be about what was happening. Oh, don't you dare, DC. People are going to hate you for this, but the art was great. I thought that Vietti had a great voice for all of the characters involved. I love that the Flash family was all together. It sucks that Wally's a bad guy, but it's an interesting way to make him the bad guy here. The only problems that I had with it, like I said, was the hokey nature of the Flash fact for Barry trying to say why Wally's still inside there somewhere, and also the way that the art was portrayed during the you know the Flash family of the mind. That's my biggest complaint. Yeah, I'm at a 7.5, and I liked it. I, I thought that it was well done. I thought there was a cool story for them to go off and try to save Wally, and I still think they will. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening with that. And I guess that that would be, I, I know it'll be next month, so we'd already know or whatever. But if they do just end up saving Wally, I guess that that would kind of show that the, it's just in this book. If you're not continuing on and other things, we'll have to see. But the next one is Future State Harley Quinn number one. It's written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Simone DeMaio, Tamra Bonvillon, and ALWS Troy Petiri. It's taking place in 2025 with the, you know, regular next Batman book deal. Uh, I am a Harley Quinn fan, so seeing her in a book that is part Suicide Squad and part Silence of the Lambs is pretty cool to me. This is a quick read with Simone DeMaio art and having Harley as a character and not a character was cool since Stephanie Phillips will be continuing on with the Harley solo book in March. And that's kind of the reason I was looking forward to this to see what she's got. Unfortunately, when she comes back, it'll be with Riley Rossimo on art, Eric, and then nobody wants that. But I was kind of looking for a little bit more of a caricature because while this is a Harley Quinn book, you barely get Harley Quinn doing anything in this. Yeah, I think it's a Suicide Squad book using her psychological things. She is in prison. She has to do something to at least get a better treatment or possibly get out of prison while she Can't then while she then uses her psychiatric deal I, I actually really liked it a lot i like this this is where people ended up liking that harley quinn uh joker criminal sanity deal because of the idea that you leave behind the cremoles and stuff like that in the dark future and where you are having her solve crimes by psychological stuff profiling it's more a serial killer stuff with well this. that's the thing is pretty much this is if you if you enjoyed the movie silence of the lamb she is essentially well, handled after and you and you cut out all the other stuff that you get to see happen because she doesn't get to do anything and this big sec for sitting in room expect better treatment each time somebody gets brought in and i'm like i just kind of wanted more out of this for a harley quinn in the magistrate instead of her just getting captured right away and then finding out i'm thought it really disappointed to be finding out that scarecrow gave up being scarecrow and now he's just a doctor who works for the magistrate and is like, you know, lecturing. Yeah, I don't think he gave up being Scarecrow. I I think (laughs) that fully that he's doing that just to be able to not get arrested and that he's using his former deal as a doctor to try to convince them that he is kind of a guy they can deal with and whatnot. And by the end, it does look like they're going out, at least going somewhere, and she's going to be able to, you know, go out with Crane while they go after Black Mask. And I think then she just gets away. I actually, with the idea of two issues in the future, and they want a Harley so they can set up, you know, a solo book with this Stephanie Phillips, having her just running around hitting magistrate people over the head with a mallet and making jokes, I don't think it fits the dark future of the tone of any of the other books. 
would fit a little of the Wonder Woman one with the Beetlejuice-esque stuff, but I think that that would be too much. Plus, she's not a mask. She's a bad person who's, you know, arrested because of probably what she was doing. But if she goes out, like I said, I don't really need her running around bonking people or having the hyenas or going to do stuff like that. I think that this is a clever way to have a combination of a Suicide Squad Harley which, you know, isn't the cremoly, holy moly type deal. But, but, but the fun part about the deal. Suicide Squad is they get to go out and do stuff. Yeah, but a lot of times they don't do that much. But even so, Harley in that Tom Taylor deal didn't do shit. She sat in the background. But even so, I actually think that this is a better play because they're not going to have a Suicide Squad in a magistrate type thing. So no, you they're end going up, off to Earth 3. You end up having... Crane setting up his own deal and basically setting Harley up, it seems, to get her in there because he's not smart enough to get these criminals and he Poor knows that she is. He's Crane. dumb. He's well the thing is, <laughs> he only knows how to scare their asses. And with that that gone, he doesn't have anything. So he has to get Harley. This is why I like it. And when you get into the deal where he ends up and they smack her around a bit and then he says, Whoa, 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 playing like a good cop, bad cop deal. Listen, if you help me out, I'll be able to, you know, let you not be in chains. You can kind of get some demands. You can get your clothes and maybe even get out working off your sentence, kind of like a suicide squad deal. But in the meantime, we're in big trouble. And, and probably he's it's getting the a, screws to him because – oh, great. I'm telling you, he must be getting the screws to him for the idea that we do have these masks out and about and we need to collect them. And this is the only reason that he's allowed to be out and about himself. And me doing the fill-in-the-blanks things or whatever, I'm not so sure anybody knows that he has her where she is. You do have some guards and stuff like that. I kind of have a thing where this is all him doing this because, number one, he wants to take all the credit. And I don't know that Harley, you know, we, we don't even know what she's actually done, if she even did anything. She's not a mask. She has makeup. But you can assume. No, but no, still, no. I, that's I, a skin. No, I'm, I'm saying still, though, that she, well, she's got lipstick. Uh, you end up where I don't think that they may even know that she's there. I'm saying the magistrate and stuff like that. And it looks like for the big thing is that. Crane wants to pretty much just take down Black Mask. That's the big He is deal. the big bad going on right now. Nobody cares about the Bane Litos. The Black Mask gang is the big well, bad that you I, need to I take like down. I like that, and I think that's a clever thing, too, just because you have this future. You don't have superheroes to end up stopping these crazies, and that's what I also like about this. You end up getting rid of the mask. That Batman You get rid there. of the vigilantes, but it's not the Batman. It's the next Batman, but even it's so, the outsiders you out have there doing them, stuff. but they're not going after. They're against the magistrate. You know, anybody, Batman seems to be going both ways or whatever. Most people are concerned with the magistrate. And I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that when the magistrate comes in and the peacekeepers come in to do this whole martial law or stuff, they think that it would be easy to take down a professor pig or even a firefly, but more of a, like these people are beyond just bad. They're, they're insane. And so we keep sending people out to take on Professor Pig. Motherfucker keeps sending yeah, them back uh, as Dolatrons. Yeah. And I think that that's He's something crazy. they never they never thought of. <laughs> so you need somebody as crazy. And I think now, that's my favorite part of the book. Professor Pig just being Professor Pig to sending them back as Dolatron monsters. I'm like, oh my god, that's horrifying. And so Crane saying, you know, I need your help. Whatever we're we're we've done nothing, and we're all out of ideas. I mean, all they keep doing is sending people and getting them sent back as Dolatrons with Pig. And Harley is known. By all of them as a psychiatrist as well. So he thinks maybe you can profile him. So she is Crane, can. though. Yeah, but he's more of just a doctor that did experiments on fear and stuff like that. I mean, that was his deal. She was a profiler at points. 
And so it just he seems goes like the her. ideas that she has aren't that profound. Like, yeah, she's a profile, she's a psychiatrist. She have known this because she worked in Arkham. But and I, I know we talked about in the idea that Arkham, the Asher one that we had, the Arkham Knight, that Arkham I believe burned down. And so you might not have all the files, but I want to think there might be some digital files to these bad guys. You could just take a look at and know their mo or like well, their psych can, profiles. But again, I don't know. Like you're doing this whole deal, like you said, that the you'd have their profiles. But this is going with the idea that me and you, when this is said, what pig is? He's not a butcher. He's an artist. He would do it. I think we're getting skewed, too, by us having a society right now that is obsessed with true crime and profiling. We've seen movies and things like that. I don't know how that transfers into this because Crane just keeps thinking they're going to catch him and do that. And then Harley says, no, you got to end up making some you know and i hope that what they do and in my heart of hearts is they do end up getting some of the magistrates guys and and mutilate them themselves right eric is what they're going to do but she (laughs) says you kind of have to make it so that something is so ridiculously bad that it wouldn't be anything pig would want to be involved and he'll come to you and give him credit for and, it. And why I like the kind of jokiness. And I did make do- sure you put it out there that Pig did this. When he finds out that, you know, he's getting credit for this thing that he didn't do, he's going to come out there and come after you himself and you just take his ass yeah, down right there. He's just going to walk into the office uh, at the police station and say, that wasn't me. Pig in Mother's his mind. Mother's just yelling at him in his mind. Oh, yeah. making a mockery and, of yeah, you. Yeah, and he would walk up oh, to no, this. Mom's yelling again. And, and the guy would turn himself in just so that you can know that it wasn't him because he is obsessed with that perfection. Never can attain it, but that's the obsession. And so it ends up going with that. And so you, you have that. What I do like and is. Pig's apprehended. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he just walks in and they get him. And. Again, also, this is a trial period that we find out by the end from Crane that he's trying to see if Harley is up to what he really needs her to do. But what I think of the jokes and things like that, and even with kind of hints at the movie deal where you have Crane talking and she's doing handstands and stuff. But I do like the idea that Crane is so dumb that Harley just immediately, boom, that's what you do. And I like the setup. I, I actually well, like even them the idea together. Is like Garfield wins the Firefly. He's been out here doing all this arson left and right. We can't do anything. He just keeps burning motherfuckers alive. And, and it's random. We can't. Well, Garfield's all about burning down his past. So, you know, just say that you're reopening the orphanage that he grew up in and he'll show up to you. It can't be that easy. And everybody's like, why are we taking freaking orders from this Harley Quinn wackadoo? And then, and all of a sudden there's, there's Firefly right in front of him. Holy shit. Yeah, he just shows up. But I do even like the idea. She doesn't care about these magic. Just straight cops but or I'm anything. I'm looking at it right there. Like Pig had an interesting kind of look to him. So it's not something I'm a huge fan of, but it was at least interesting. When I look at the way Firefly is when he shows up here, I don't like the art in this. The stylization of this, I can barely tell what's happening, especially in the way the panel progression is. Like if you look at the the whole spread page of what she's doing with Pig to say. I don't know what's happening in any of these panels except like, okay, there's a weird pig mask head and there's some Harley faces, but I can't even tell the positions of the bodies they have sometimes for the way that the coloring is, the stylization of the art. And like, I just want to be able to see what I'm looking at. Like when Garfield Wynn shows up, I don't know what he looks like. I did, it just seems like he a just weird outline that helmet with deal and he's going, but also setting up that she has told them to wear, you know, the right equipment and things. And that yeah, even yeah. points out these guys are so dumb. And you only got to wear some fires again, here? Come on, in, guys. And in this future, I think that what this is pointing out, and in a roundabout way of you saying you want to see something about the things that the rest of the police that are in with this, 
they're, they're not the best of the best. They really aren't. I mean, people are running scared, I think, through all this and don't want to be involved. So they're getting what's worse than stormtroopers here. These guys are just idiots and don't even know to put fire equipment on. <laughs> fire equipment. Yeah, and they're, they're all good. Even the best of the best have all become dollar how bad that is. If you want to compare it to Star Wars, yeah, it sucks that stormtroopers go out there. They got plastic armor that doesn't block shit. Just imagine if they went out there and every time they went out, they got fucking turned into dollatrons and mutilated. I'm like, that's way worse. No, and, and we always say that the worst thing is at the job fair for the GCPD or Arkham Asylum <laughs> guards. And I, I, think it's it's, I think it's gone down even more here as they go. And uh, yeah, Firefly shows up and he does and they end up taking him out. And then you get that little bit where some of the guards are so like, I guess hey, he doesn't work with that woman that he was working with. There no, when I don't think hired that that's anymore, happened huh? now. I think that that is uh, done and now. done. Uh, Firefly S. I don't know. The Fireflies. Yeah, yeah, the Fireflies. You end up where some of the guards are talking to him and like, hey, you, you know that that used to be that Scarecrow fella? I'm like, really? Get out of town. Like, I think he is weird, so I can go with that. And then they have that idea of, I don't know, I got a, a friend who's, uh, you know, having, having guard talk. Deal, yeah, guard talk about how the villains, some of these villains have. Kind of gone and hid. The one says, I, yeah, know, I, got a I know somebody. She, yeah. she went to school with the Riddlers. Yeah, guy knew the Riddlers. And so I, I don't mind Guess that. that we see the deal. Was, huh? And then uh, that's where it's the big deal, where you see that first off, you have the Black Mask gang. Some of them are using that status of the Black Mask to knock off a 7 Eleven, and that's not Roman. Uh, what his M.O. is. And that's and the thing is, that. do you think this guy is a part of the Black Mask Gang or do you think he got a hold of a mask and used it and the Black Mask Gang found out about it? Like, who the fuck do you think you are using a Black Mask freaking mask to just not like knock off a convenience I think store? that he's part of it and I think that what we're seeing is like the Bane Litos of the deal. They're having to recruit some real yuck yucks. I mean, that was younger people. I think that Roman is also having trouble recruiting to get people to wear these masks because he does call them by name saying Roman I'm I'm sorry I didn't mean and kind of has well, a conversation yeah but I'm saying though he's talking like this is something they've discussed and what they're doing and to me even him saying it won't happen again that's a weird thing to say of just somebody who just grabbed it put it on and now you're being hung upside down about to be shot by Roman I think that this and you see the other people in the background. I think that this guy just went off on his own to try to do this and, and thinks he's Dumb, cool. He can't be he's just a dipping. young guy who thinks he he's a cool dude. And uh, so you end up Not having the black mask gang. And again, I like the idea like you like the Bane Litos. I like more of I mean, mask is in their name, Eric, the black mask himself. I mean, he's caught in the steel where he could just be pissed off that. I'm always a target for people, but now no masks. I mean, that's my thing, baby. What are you doing here? And I like this gang deal and that it's crane. Kind of wish that he would have called it the false face society, though, for everybody for what it is. Just not the black mask gang. Yeah, he didn't really say much. I, I think he just went with the deal. I, I said that, but he might go with that as well because you see him in the background looking wacky. Um, but yeah, you end up having him shoot. I will this tell you guy. this for the way that even though I don't like the style for the majority of this book, you I like think that the way that the black mask is portrayed here, he looks so badass. He looks so bad. It might just be because of the colors and stuff like that. But the way when he is first presented here, like full body stuff like that, he is menacing. I'm like, yeah, I want to see more of yeah, this I black like, mask. I like this issue. I like Harley when she's using her smarts. And I as like long the as he's not taking DNA and turning into people, I want to see more well, of that black mask. Well, that's kind of funny deal when you sit there and that's the other thing. You could be like, oh, my God, what happened in these years that led to this? Because he didn't have that. I said in my video review that I did of this, I really wish one thing. 
I wish that he was walking with a cane because of the two kneecaps that got shot out. Just as not even mention it, but have it there just as a little wink, wink. That that you want him still, to come out with like two canes, like he has not polio? just one, like he's just sitting, <laughs> okay. you know, having problems walking because he got shot by Harley and by Osita. I thought that that would be a pretty cool little deal there because yeah, I can go with that. He gets the mask back and does whatever he wants. Oh and yeah, go with that. yeah. So I do like that, and I like that it's black mask in a no mask deal where you also have scarecrow as dr crane kind of saying he's changed his ways going after him i don't think he's changed his ways and we'll see what's going on with that but this was one of my favorite issues of the week i really liked it i like simone de Mayo's art i told you at one point i didn't think you would like it i didn't think it well, was the a thing style is, i looked at like a few it. of the uh, a few of the preview pages when that, the previews first came out and i thought it was okay but when i got into it the way the story was being told I just didn't understand a lot what was going on. It was a lot of close-ups and things I didn't understand with the angles they're doing. And I'm like, and even the backgrounds, there's barely any backgrounds with all this to be seen because everything's so drab with a kind of like a white wall for like whatever complex of Harleys and stuff like that. But like, you know, just a lot of whites and darks and neon colors flashing around here. And I'm like, I, I just wanted to be able to see things a little bit better because I have a hard enough time seeing it as it is. And when things are just, you know, thrown right up front like that, I'm like, I'm squinting with these small panels and like horizontally, I'm like, or I mean vertically. And I'm like, all right, I think this is what's going on here. I'm not sure, but I think that's what's going on here. And and again, I have seen a bunch of people use the yuck, yuck, Harley, telling the jokes, hitting people, the hyenas. We get this all the time. I like this combination and like her using her smarts and them knowing that and grabbing her for that. So even with that, now that she's out and about, and they may be out and about trying to track down, you may get a little more comical stuff because now she's not in jail and stuff like that. But the whole process of what's going on i also can even think in my mind that once they start engaging with her about solving these crimes that kind of clicks in her you know passion and love of that stuff and so she doesn't really have to joke at that point but i i had a guy already when i put up my video review of it he said he didn't like this at all because he likes the jokey harley and that that wouldn't be the one the story it's weird because because it being a harley quinn book and me wanting to see more harley quinn with that aspect Maybe if she was more – I'm telling you, it's going to be stupid. It's going to piss off a lot of people. But maybe if she was more proactive like Clown Hunter where she was doing this on her own, using her own smarts and her own physicality maybe to take that out the people cool. that are left. Or maybe even she goes to actually be – I think that they wanted to get that Suicide Squad angle in there to try to make it clever. If maybe she was tracking them down and she ended up going to get Crane and seeing that he's not and then they still team up because I kind of like them together. And then it gives that idea to go next and stuff. I'd even go with that. I think that would be pretty cool as well uh, with the whole deal of where they're tracking and what they're going. Also, I think that what you have to have is something that it's not Harley deciding who to track down because she might go with the, you know, standard issue deals. And thing is, I want it to want be that. a freaking dartboard with freaking pictures and she just throws it against the wall with a name in it or something like that. Uh, yeah, pig. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, nobody wants to get near Professor Pig. He's the worst. Not at all. He's so bad. But I want I, to write a story about I that really guy so bad. It. Oh, my God. He's so just awful. But I give this an 8.5. I actually really like I gave him an 8.8 on the site. I'm going down a little because you're right. Some of the progression doesn't play off. I just like the idea that I already know Harley. And when we go into this, it is the idea, okay, which Harley is this going to be? And this is the one we least often get. And I like this one that shows that she is smart and that she is this. And I think that's a good play in this future state. To then go off and then see what Stephanie Phillips is going to do, have the yuck yucks or whatever. But at least I know that she 
respects the character of all the phases is, is kind of why I liked it. What would you give it? 6.5 out of 10. I wanted more out of the story overall. And when I say more of the story, I wanted Harley Quinn doing more in the actual story. The idea of rounding up the villains, it's a cool premise. I just would just like to see Harley doing it. And the thing is, I just wasn't a fan of the art where I thought I would have been for like the few pages I saw initially. I just don't think it really told the story all that well. Like I'm thinking that uh, Black Mask, he looks great by the end, but you know, the characters individually, they look okay when you can see them, but it's just you don't see a lot of them when you do. They're really close up, and I just don't understand, like, half the stuff. I'm, I'm rambling on about this, but I just wanted more out of the Harley Quinn book. Overall. I wonder if it was one of those things where it was Harley and Clown Hunter, Eric, that they teamed up in the future to go off. Could have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, but we're going to go to the last and book now it's of just the villain night. Hunter? Yes, that'd be cool. Villain Crime Hunter. <laughs> Quad Hunter. You end up with this one being the Future State Swamp thing, number one. It takes place in 4500, Eric. Remember all the, sure does. the good old days yeah, of 4500. 4, written by Ram V, art by Mike Perkins, June Chung, and, and Ditya Bidikar. And Ram V is, uh, you know, he's got a style. It's not ever my style, I have to admit. It's a little slower. It's a little bit of a technical style of writing right it's it, a it slog is what it is at points i was up and down with this book it took a while to get going and dc not giving the time it set in was a big mistake in my mind it is set in the year 4500 by the way but once it went from odd explanations and even odd over explanations to actually telling a story i did become interested by the end interested but still confused but i am looking forward to next issue to see if that confusion turns to joy eric and it could but I don't need a far future Swamp Thing story where, as we see, it's kind of a trope. It's a trope in a lot of things. How Jordan did it with this Green Lantern ring. Now we're having where you end up having somebody who has nobody left and they start creating them and they're doing their things, making their stuff, using the green. So I don't really need to see these pages that throw me completely out where it's like, and then the, the knee bones connected to the shin bone. I mean, I'm sitting there like, why are you telling me this? And with that, the story starts confusing. You kind of ease into it very, very slow. But by the time we end up seeing that everybody's like worried, at least Indigo is worried that if we do find oh, humans, that blue swamp thing. Yeah. If we do find humans, that's going to end up the end of us. Then we're going to get ditched because Swamp Thing just Daddy, wants to get back to he's humanity. He's a fucking lousy human lover. He don't want to fucking love us. That's why they're always off looking for humans because he wants to get back to his roots. And here's the – oh, my. You, pun you said a pun. <laughs> Holy moly. I like that. You have stolen but my so dreams. With that, it takes Why can't we find out who this Swamp Thing is? Because it's in 4,500. It's, it's a new Swamp Thing. I would like to know something about it, but instead of telling you anything about who this Swamp Thing is or what they've done, we actually spend time to tell you how he physically made other Swamp people in different and progressions of the making. people love this issue. I think it's because it's fancy, right? Exactly. That's the thing is, why can't a Swamp Thing book ever be fun and exciting? Why does it always have to be this thing where we have to sit down and we have to think hard about what we're reading? Like, you know, it's like, it's always a slide to get there, especially when Ram V does, especially with the JLD books moving into the Swamp Thing. Now, it just feels like we can never have a good time. We have to tell a sophisticated story because it's a Swamp Thing. And that's what, you know. You ended up having in the past. Like, even when you get that, though, like, you, you want to spend time for you to know how Swamp Thing built his family of the green. Like, he built physical beings out of the green. And this is it. Like, I'm going to show you how he did to tell you. 
But then you have this whole thing that started off with a big spread page about like the history of mankind and how they found fire and went from this to that. And then there was a war. Some would say the greatest war and there was melt and there was brush fires. And this goes on and on. And in the end, I'm like, did that matter for anything that we're doing right now? Because it just goes to the idea of the story. It's like, all right, look, I got, it's, I'm Swamp Thing. I got my Swamp family with me. We're trekking across the wilderness trying to find people. The end. And you, you will agree that anybody who is writing a Swamp Thing book, no matter where, when, or how, they're trying to catch up to Alan Moore. That's all they're but doing. But Alan Moore, even when he wrote it, though, it was a thinking man's comic, and it's why. But it was still. A I good know, read. but that's the thing. They they don't have the chops of Alan Moore, unfortunately. But they are. It's almost like you're afraid. Here's the thing. Um, if anybody from DC's listening, here you go. If you write Swamp Thing any sort of way, Alan Moore hates your guts. He doesn't like <laughs> anybody. He is not. He may put a, a I, black. I think DC knows this. He may put black magic hex, but the people are running scared because the fans and oh, this isn't Alan Moore. Yeah, no shit, it isn't. My name's Jim. My name ain't Alan. I don't like that name. And, and so what I'm saying well, is, I'm I'm pitching my idea that I've had at the back of my mind for a while. It's called the Green Team, Eric. And you end up having Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy riding around on a motorcycle with a sidecar, solving crimes and making up rhymes, Eric. That's is all this it's a tie be. into death metal? It may. Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's my thing and that I made up now. But you don't have to be fancy. In fact, at some point, somebody's going to crack this code. Somebody, it's, it's like I said to you a long time ago, well, why doesn't anybody have a Marvel podcast where they talk about all the books that come out this week? And I beg people to do it, and then I had to do it myself. So am I going to have to do this myself again? Because the idea that I think if somebody ends up having a fun thing, legitimately, you know what the last fun Swamp Thing thing was? Was that Charles Sewell. St- no, was that stupid Tom King one shot with Mitch Garage where they were trying to solve his dad's murder, like Batman 21 okay, I'm, I'm or whatever. Here. I thought you were talking about that, that holiday no, special. That. Was, that was the Swamp Thing with a kid that going was, through the freaking winter. That was winter. too fancy. Tom King where you end up having Swamp Thing have to get his ass into the freaking Batmobile. That's fun. And then the story tried Didn't to make any sense. The story went fancy and I lost my mind. <laughs> I lo- if anybody wants to go Wasn't back. was that the beginning of Hell Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And really, if you go back in our podcast days, way, way back and find that the issue. Floor. Find that issue. I may scream for two hours making no sense at all of the nonsense that I was getting and I lost it. Uh, but. I think that somebody's going to crack the code eventually where they're going to be like, oh, my God, somebody's having fun with Swamp Thing. Whoever knew? And it will be the big deal. Uh, but you just keep getting fancy. You get the pinkies up. Well, even the this. idea when we have this, because we have the Swamp Thing family, and they like, you know, Ram V wants to make sure he tells you how Swamp Thing went and created this family and all the physical aspects to give it as much life as he could so they could be individual people. But even at the end of this whole thing of the making, when he talks about the emotions that he gives them, the way that Swamp Thing had to give them the emotions, they're all products of his own emotions. So the one it reminded me of the Metal the Men. It's all a thing exactly. the whole time. Yeah. And then I'm like, this is just the Metal Men story with the response. Sponsometers, and I'm like, what are you doing? Nobody you just thought had that this was fancy. People hated that. Yeah, but they love this, and because it's fancy swamp thing. Now, here's the thing: Ram V is so concerned 
about giving you the fanciness of his concept. And he does this a lot. He does this a bit even without his own full story in JLD trying to get to the end of James Tynan's deal where he spends too much time. He did it with the, the groups in Catwoman as well. Yeah. You know, the different gangs. He's so concerned to give you the fancy minutia that he forgets to really tell the overall story. This story, instead of showing me how he ended up making his family, how at the end it's just thrown in, give me more of the idea because I don't think that I'm a smart fella. I'm not a learned man. I'm not good looking, Eric. So right. by page three, <laughs> okay, by page three, <laughs> I'm not a man who exercises. I, I knew the concept somewhat. I wanted to see what he was saying, but I got the idea that these were made up things from the, the green that he's using as a family, stuff like that. Because so he has no mercury, right? Yeah. And, and so when, but I, I got the cut, but I wanted more of it to see that, you know, and use this. If you're going to use it, like go with the idea of what Swamp Thing's emotions are and why. And this Swamp Thing well, we is don't even so know by this himself. Swamp thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Give us more of that. Not the it's idea funny, too, because it's, it's a new Swamp Thing. It's not Alec Holland. But because it's such a generic idea of the Swamp Thing and what it represents, there is so little, like, you know, personality to the Swamp Thing that you could pretty much say it is Alec Holland as well and not even know any difference. And even with that, you could even play the point of as this is going on, he has set some of his personality out and about. So he is a droll guy who's just what's left. But you have to set something up. Also, I would like to see, because we're talking about a far future that seems post-apocalyptic, stuff like that. Shit went wrong. I'd like to know how the green was affected. And maybe I that is part of I'd love to know more this. about the parliament and stuff like that. Because even the ideal when they have to sit down and rest after, you know, one of their own gets hurt real bad. When one of the machines in the city they're looking at catches on fire, they catch on fire. They need to all rest at Central Park. And Swamp Thing needs to actually root himself down and talk to the trees physically to find out are there any people around here how long it's been and like why can't you just commune with the green and you know reach a worldwide basis of the green itself through the use of the parliament to find out about like what is going on right now with our world in the year 4500 yeah maybe it's so weak maybe uh, there's a different way because there could be radiation i mean i don't know what really went on so Like Swamp Thing, in order to talk to the green, it seems like he has to physically touch them now. And it seems like a weird concept, and I want to know why. Or it just could have been just his style of wanting to do it that way. Some of these things do come across as people are just fudging things just to have it. And we're looking for more of an idea about it. And so, again, I don't need to know. This is an Alan Moore type deal of, oh, let's show how the capillaries of the lungs are made. I don't I don't really need that in the story. I need to see the emotions that what led to Swamp Thing wanting to do what he's doing. And then also gold. also having the idea of these made up things with emotions. What happens when you do ditch them? All these things. We still have an issue to go. So we have some things. But, you know, overall, it just seemed to try to be too fancy. And this is what I worry about. When I you, am Swamp when you Thing. Swamp I am making thing. my new son Indigo. I'm going to give him all of my emotion of jerkiness. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, when he first shows up, he's got his hands, what up? I'm telling yo, you, he's yo, like, yo, 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 with his hands Throwing up. gang signs. He's the only one, though, that is really developed and actually hey, knows what's going da- on. Daddy is going to screw us over. He loves them humans. He don't give a shit about you. You're going to go and look for your daddy's approval. But once he finds the humans, he's going to kick you to the curb. And like, the funny thing Shay's about daddy. it is <laughs> Indigo seems to be the, if it is anything, like you said, but it's like, it's the asshole deal. It's the, the guy. Jerkiness. And the jerkiness 
would sense that something is being set up for them to be ditched. That's a good play. The others are caring. There's, you know, forgiving all the, but here's yo, 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 indigo. He's like, well, it's just he's like, gonna go, screw like us. Heather, the main female Swamp Thing daughter. It seems like she's just like gold, the team leader. She is one, like willing to do whatever Swamp Thing wants at any time and be the, like, you know, the gold, like Doc Magnus says, who just wants to impress and be the leader that, like, you know, he has to be. Or she has to be in this and matter. she's not even well developed. But then when they These do, these are just the metal men. Though. When they, they are, that's all it is. I mean, I'm telling you, I did in my mind at one point laugh because you said it. Indigo is Mercury. I'm waiting for him. You know, I'm the only green that is liquid at room temperature. <laughs> Luckily, oh, it's snowing. I didn't make it too smart. <laughs> hey, well, he's not. But you, so you have all this going on, and then they do end up finding a human in a way that the progression oh, was very confusing. And they're like, oh my, a man. And they and go to the get him. We, we are talking about how Swamp Thing physically made the bodies of his children here. But still, with the connection to the green and what Swamp Thing is, I feel like there's still a part of him and what he is physically as well. So when a man goes and kills one of his kids with just a spear to the chest, it feels like it, they should be able to, you know, be a little bit better than that in my mind. For like, you know, the, the, their one brother and sister is now dead in the ground. They're upset because their dad doesn't want to kill this filthy human. He wants to go and talk to him. But, like, dude just had a spear. That's all he had. Like, what, what kind of damage He's he going to a swamp a thing? He's a guy with a spear and a, and a fire and trying to survive. And when they go and they're like, oh, we got to kill this thing. No, no, no. Let's get it some food. You know, the humans. Get no. It, get it the human food. And uh, Sons, daughters gather around. Look at us. And we seriously. must be as if we are monsters to this man. What are we? We should give him caring and hungry. Yeah. <laughs> hungry. Food. Hungry. <laughs> give him the hungries. You got the eats. <laughs> Swamp Thing gives me the hungers well, every day. Chicken at purpose. You end up where all of this going on, even at that point, we should be past the idea of Swamp Thing showing us how he built people. You know, hey, you know, and really, this is the type of green that is made of people, I guess, or made people, Eric. But by the end, so you, you're, still, you're still doing this two pages before it's over. Emotions were difficult. How just, no, 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 we need that before. And we need more of a setup than your nonsense here uh, about the emotions and stuff. Because by now, we've pretty much figured out this is Metal Men. And now it's redundant information. You so, really man, are not- where have you been? I came from up north. And get this, we got a compound up there. It's crazy. I escaped. A bunch of us escaped. We realized shit was going wrong. My daddy realized shit was going wrong. They hung his ass out there when he tried to say different. And you're like, well, what do you mean? What's going on up there? Well, when we escaped, there was some dude, the undying one. He's up there. He's going to make the obsidian sun. This whole thing, when you see it, it's, it's the weirdest thing because the undying man, I'm like, I'm sitting there. All right, that's Vandal Savage, the obsidian sun. And then you turn to, and you see it, it's like, you got obsidian in some kind of weird machine that I'm guessing is going to you know, cycle his power out and make darkness over the sun. And for some reason, Vandal Savage looks like he's all radiated up in the face wearing a hoodie. I think it's – is that Vandal Savage? It may be. I think he had too many shoelace hobo chilies. Actually, there. that's the thing is I say that for whatever reason. I have better clarity now that we're talking about it than I did when I originally read it. This this might be the Floronic Man yeah, as well. Yeah, it probably was. Uh, even so, it lo- looks like he has pedalized. It looks like he was uh, riding the rails at one point, Eric. And and so yeah, the, but it's weird to call him the undying one. But the irradiated deal again that points out what I wanted to see in this far. And this is where even talking about Whenever the, I see the undying book, man though, and doing technology, and he's seen this before. I'm like, well, shit, that's got to be Vandal Savage. But if you are undying from our time of the year four thousand, yeah, you've seen some shit too, I guess. Yeah. 
And so with, with all this stuff, Jason Woodrow, just, you, you it's cut not the that, mustard, I guess. It's not that much fun. I know that a lot of people say, well, you don't have to have fun. And really, you I'd could, like to have fun. You could have Swamp Thing and his family on a raft going by the Statue of Liberty. And it would have made me giggle at the beginning, Eric, because there it is. But you have all this. That's Commandy. And you have all these things going on. The art's good. But again, the story ends up pulling you out too many times with this. Well, and then, like I said, the knee bone's connected to the shin bone. But that was tough because, you know, one of the things and now the guy has an arm for a leg and a leg is an arm. You have all these weird things going on to throw you out. I just want a story to get to the end. Once the human shows up, man, Eric. I actually became interested because then it picked up a bit. I was waiting for something. Oh, when man. You, well, you have all these things like, oh, man, uh, daddy ain't going to like us when we get the humans. Oh, my, the emotions. And again, like you said, we just read The Metal Men. It's exactly that. So I am actually waiting just to get past that. But that seems to be like that's the big wow moment, which that's didn't wow anybody. And then we get a very, very vague ending. That has me a bit excited to see what's going on. That's the thing is, I'm like, for the people that are reading Future State now, because I don't know if DC got a lot of their older fans back, but the people who have been reading for instance Rebirth, I'm like, are they going to know who Obsidian is and what his powers are? So this machine, whatever it is, is going to use his energy to do something I with the sun right now. I think most people just are like, whatever, like on, uh, Obsidian Sun. And hey, it says the truth about the Undying Man and the coming of the darkness. Obsidian Sun, it's going to get the darkness. So you're like, eh, that's all they need. They're going to go forward with it. But I did get excited by the end, also seeing that there's the military men there, not just the military men hanging in caves with with spears. So we'll see what's going on. And then the, I think some of the fun things about this is is the idea that the hobo and Swamp Thing himself is probably going to need his family, and then he's going to have to admit to them that the responsometers never were turned on, Eric. And then the nth metal man will come, and then we'll have a the dog nth swamp man. <laughs> yeah, really. But that's all. It seems to be. And he's going to have a, a big com- – hey, listen, I know I dupe you. You're my you know, my hopes and dreams, whatever. Let's go together. And then at the end, I think they all combine into one, and there we go. Fancy. <sighs> but what would you give it? Six out of ten. That's where I was I'm not, at. A big, not the biggest fan of the art here. It does its job enough, though. But the story was just kind of a slog to get through, and it just felt like a repeat of the Metal Man where I wanted something that was a little bit more fun. You know, we're, we're in this weird, like, you know, weird far future I know it's a dark deal, but this is so far ahead. You can do whatever you want, right? And, and just the thing is, is there much to do? Because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people out because Swamp Thing spending all of his time trying to find people. So we seem like an endangered species, but, like, I just want a little bit more because every time I end up reading a JLD book or a Swamp Thing book, it always has to be a slog to get through where they're trying to feel like they have to be deeper than they actually are to tell a Swamp Thing book when I just want you to spell out what you want to say and move on in like a a decent way of telling a story. I don't know why everything's got to be like this all the time. It actually just kind of brings me down every time we have to do it. I'm like, all right, who's going to try to be fancy this time around? Yeah, and it's like you even have like with the things like is that trying to ape like the anatomy lesson, one of the best issues ever of Swamp thing and stuff and I wasn't so even thinking about yeah that. you even get that and then you even have where uh indigo since he's blue kind of looks like that one where something went off planet and yeah. he's hanging out so that's but, what i actually i did think about that yeah when but, we saw but indigo it's here. not well played it, it's not well played that way in that now if you would have had at the end of time you know this isn't the end of time but this far where you end up having a ton of different swamp things and they have all come together because the green has uh, something but have a story you know have something that's at least like a neat story there like oh man this is cool this ends up like you said it, it's even set up the way the story goes 
in the story a slug. It's a slug for them as well. They're just traipsing around looking for humans. We're a swamp. We're a swamp family. Let's now watch us walk. Yeah, that's that's All what right. it is. I'd rather. I mean, we're in this part. Like you can have fun. Do something where Swamp Thing is trying to find the parliament or he's trying to fix the, you know, something like that. But to go around the whole deal is trying to find humans and then reveal almost at the reveal where you do see a bunch of people walking around. I'm like, did you look long enough? I mean, I, I see a bunch of people. It's not like that one guy is the only guy. You have full facilities. I guess they didn't go very far. And then you're going to play that game. Well, it is, uh, you know, a nuclear winner, maybe. And so that's why there's not so what are you a saying? ton of green. I'm going to put you on the spot. You're saying that's Jason Woodrow, the four on Yeah, I do the think end? it is him. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I think it is him. Like you said, you ended up saying uh, Vandal Savage, and I was the opposite of you. I thought it was a Floronic Man just because that's pretty much the usual suspect anyway. Yeah, it but makes he, sense. But he's whenever got, I see the Undying Man, I think Vandal but Savage. But he does have, like, rot gills there and stuff so but even for then, whatever reason it just looks like he has a petal around his eye like yeah. when he was the prince but of flowers you or whatever it is me then that it was <laughs> savage even just saying it i'm like well that would be more of the undying man you're right uh but yeah he's he, he's horrific i'll it's tell the you immortal that man yeah oh my god that story's still going right the war of the what was that <laughs> the, war of the, the war of the immortals that that's gonna go on forever that's why they're immortal <laughs> but that is that six out of ten for me as well and i did like the art but even that was getting me angry because we'd have to stop to do your anatomy and it's always lesson. drab though too with the yeah. colors whenever you do these i'm just like i just i want somebody to do something that feels exciting in any aspect of any of the creative teams now yeah, and and even if it took a team like a JLD with them, you know, it still ends up getting back to so this is why the dark books I don't like, and it, it really is. It comes down to I always said that they usually go heavy narration. Now with that, this has a lot of narration, Eric, sure does. but also because you're trying to explain too many fancy concepts, you can't just have that. Of, Let me hey, tell you about hey, magic. Joe, what do you know? Ooh, there's a cost. Yeah, there is. Uh, you have this over crazy narration, but it's also because of the idea. Fully, you cracked the code completely tonight for me. Everybody tries to be fancy. And they're like I said, a bunch of these people are trying to catch up to Alan Moore or other writers, Neil Gaiman even, and stuff like that, trying to catch up and be fancy like them. And that's not them. Don't do that. We just got done death metal where Scott Snyder was trying to be Grant Morrison a lot. Be Scott Snyder. Don't be great. Grant Morrison could be busy being Grant Morrison. Believe me, he can stay with that. But at the end of that, yeah, I, I'm still looking forward to it a little to see what's going on. And the end, the Obsidian Man in this tank with probably Jason Woodrow, the Floronic Man there. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Obsidian Sun. That seems like fun. Like this could lead to something. I don't think it will. I think it'll just be more of a slot, but there you go. That is it. Eric, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie between the very controversial The Flash and Generation Shattered number one. And mine is a tie between Generation Shattered and the very controversial Harley Quinn. I will is it say, controversial? I, well, it's controversial that I liked it so much. I will say that if you're not a Harley Quinn fan, you know, minus seven off of that score because you're you're not going to like it. So that was just me. But I am personal a deal. Fan. No, I'm just saying of other people. If they're not, they're going to uh, they're not going to want to read it at all. You talk about those punchline. People. I said minus seven. <laughs> that makes it a one point five. You didn't yeah. give it a one point five. But 
Here's what we're going to talk about next week. Well, obviously, we continue the future state. We continue state, on in the future. And we will have future state dark detective number one, future state Green Lantern number one, future state Justice League number one, future Sweet. state Kara Zor-El Superwoman number one. I th- I, you think she's still going to be mad at John for all that nonsense? Future That's state, way far in the future, isn't it? Fu- yeah, it is. Future, I'm just asking. Do you think she holds a grudge like me? I think she does. Future state Robin Eternal number one. Quite possibly the book I'm most interested in Because that's a book that I have Just because the others I kind of Have an idea That that one I have no idea And maybe spell out some of the things Leading into this whole future state With the Bat family, who knows Not the Nightwing and Red Hood? No, no Future state Superman, Wonder Woman Number one Future state Teen Titans Number one And Sweet Tooth The Return Number three Eric, Sweet Tooth Oh yeah, Sweet Tooth You also have American Vampire 1976 number four as well that will it's be on the site because but not you, on the podcast you and i were talking about what came out earlier like you know, next week earlier in the day and for some reason even though i looked at the list that you have made up and we talked about it i still thought that you know future state shazam comes out next week and now yeah, i'm disappointed no. it doesn't no it does not uh the ones i'm looking forward to teen titans uh robin mm. and green lantern green lantern a bit getting a green lantern book that isn't written by grant morrison we haven't had that in a while actually i'm looking forward to all of them i'm looking forward to dark detective that's mariko tamaki doing the main story and i'm looking forward to maybe you seeing want to sneak that- peek of what detective's going to be coming up yeah and that's what i'm saying and i'm hoping <laughs> that this is a character that she can write and cares about there's backdoor shade eric but two Weird. of those books will be on the patreon as a patreon only spotlight picked by the bad asses the get fresh crew a boop and maybe puppets in disguise but eric what do you think of the first week of future state are you are you excited it's a it's a weird thing i have a lot of ups and downs with this because some of the stuff i thought i was really gonna like like the pills you used to take as a teen right Uppers and downers taking one know, to fight the other. Pills. I didn't take. I didn't that care is what I true. Took. That is true. <laughs> birth oh, control, right. pills. birth control, and Flintstones vitamins. I'm in. You just grab. That's them. the thing is, it's weird with the first week because, especially with the weird timeline aspect they're doing, like we're not doing anything in any kind of linear manner. That's like, we my just biggest with problem. All these different debt, like you know, five years in the future, ten years in the future, freaking thousands of years in the future. It's just a weird idea where I wish we would have had like maybe a week where you dealt with one timeline. I, and I actually dealt with am something full else. with you. I wanted to have that. Also, just having them not spelled out got me confused, but also just each book. Why wouldn't they spell it out? I don't know. They could just have that in the credits page at the beginning, have a little blurb deal. I'm telling you, just have it on the bottom. Looking right now, make sure I didn't see it. Have it on the bottom, you know, bottom of the credits page around so everybody can look. And then what you have there, here, you want me to really spell out what you do? What you have is the little timeline going across, and whatever timeline that book deals with is larger. And you have it right there. You look and you're like, all right, I'm in this this time. I keep saying timeline, but this year I mean, is this enlarged and say, okay, I'm at 2027. 20, all right, I got it. And then you can look at the others. Oh, we'll see this. And then you can try well, to Well, hopefully think. going on, this is something that DC rectifies because it is a problem it for me. But problem. I don't know. I, I just – I don't hate what we're getting so far. It just is not wowing me as much as I would have hoped. Yeah, I'm not as wild, and I'm a little confused of everything going on. Everything's swirling around. What I'm really afraid of with these books that have two issues, though, and I told you this when we got done recording last night, the idea when we went through Convergence, my biggest problem with those and one of yours as well, was that the two issues were not able to tell a story very well. You'd And in no. that, you'd 
first you issue, the getting middle down. Yeah, three issues would spell out very much. You need that middle. And so with this, it's number one, set up the character, and number two, go off and do something and then finish it. And then you end up like, ooh, that that finished quick. You need to kind of settle so this in. It's just like Future Zen and Convergence had a love child, and we yeah. get Future State. And 5G, Eric, and whatever no, no. else. And so. 5G was aborted. Yeah, well, that's what this is now. You get Too a bunch soon? of things there. Yeah, I don't know. That was just not woke, Eric. I don't <laughs> like that term. Uh, and I meant 5G. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Is Dan DiDio sitting around laughing? Is he crying? I don't know with what came out this week, <sighs> but I'm. I'm pretty positive overall. I, I even said to you with a Wally voodoo doll. When I said to you, like, oh, we're gonna have it. a positive week. Well, of course, two of the more positive books for me were on the Patreon spotlight, especially Generation Shattered. But also when you're like, oh, so like the the Batman, the next Batman. Well, I did rate it higher than what I'd been rating some of the time and stuff recently, so it is a little bit better. And I'm hoping that this break does get us some things better as we return in March. So I'll keep going with that, but I'm interested in some of these characters and see what's coming up. I think the the setup next week, I think I'm more interested in these next books than what we got this week. There's some cool ones. Like I said, Teen Titans and Robin Eternal are two that I really really am interested in looking uh, for those. And I'm interested in like Kara Zor-El. The problem is, is now that I saw John Superman, I really don't want anything with him in it now. And I, uh, but I'm also looking forward to seeing the uh, the Batman books because a lot of them are going to you know take place in different times, so we're going to see a progression of the magistrate stuff. Want to see how close John and Yara Fleur get together? How yeah, close they are? No. And the Superman Wonder Woman. I want to see if he learns to get his head out of He's his ass by then, because that's in a far future as well. But I think that will confuse people. And I is I, it 2030? That is or yeah. like I forget now what no, it is. No, I think that's one's the the Superman Wonder Woman one. I'll yeah. tell you right now that one is. I'm looking here, Eric. You got the Superwoman. Well, that doesn't make sense because isn't 2030 when the Superman takes place? It's 2070. 2070 is the Superman Wonder Woman. Yeah, so that's confusing, right? I I just don't get it. I don't get why they end up doing these things and not not spelling things out. You know what the funniest thing is? I'm staring at this picture of it and I'm looking, but then I didn't realize. I'm like you with a comic where you're looking up things and the next page reveals it. Right (laughs) under it spells out completely just in writing that I can read very easily. Oh, well, there you go. But yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this if you have jumped on with this future state. But as I'm reading these future state things, too, I'm like, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot of new people jumping in. Possibly it's a weird thing to jump into. And I think that a lot of people, if they were, maybe we have explained it's, it's a weird some thing things because for the, them. And maybe, maybe, because the thing is, even with that, you know, it's a weird thing for people to jump into, or is it the perfect thing because we're jumping all these years in the future of stuff you don't need to know about. Hey, you have an idea you about a character, but you like, don't, Even you like go. you said about Obsidian, or you end up having a concept about why, well, I, I don't know. Well, people I don't have know. the same idea about Obsidian they do with the next Batman. They just don't know. Well, yeah. But I'm saying, is, are these cool enough to want to jump in? I don't know. Maybe a Yara Floor, something like that would be. Uh, but we'll it's pretty cool, Jim. We'll have to see her. I heard she's impulsive. Yes, yeah, she is a little hot-headed. Where I did after uh, the podcast, us recording last night, went and looked, and a lot of people are mad about that, Eric. A lot of people, the hot-headedness is more of the stereotype of the Latino, Eric, and people actually said that's the one thing they don't like about her, which kind of made me giggle. But That's uh, my favorite part about yeah, her. Yeah, but that's a stereotype, Eric. See, that's is why, it? yeah, it is. I think that's more of their problem. Oh my God, Eric! I, that is, because that because is somebody awful. has to be because somebody happens to be hot headed and they Holy have to be crap. you are a cliche and a stereotype. Well, there you and are, you my, Irish no. drunk. This exactly. you might get canceled. 
I guess this no. is the last episode. That's their problem. Hopefully. That is their problem. They're upset it about is. it. No, they're just looking for so something you to be think upset that about. Every Latino is hot headed. You're, you're no, saying, no, and that's then what they're, they're saying. It seems like no, they're saying because they're portrayed as that all the time, and it's not true to them. So they're upset, saying that's so how we're the, always there's portrayed. Not, so there's not a single hot headed Latino out there. There is, but there's also hot headed German Brits out there talking right now. I think I'm more hot headed than anybody, and I'm not Latino. I don't know. You're going to get canceled. Where, so be it. Where is Jess? Where is Jess? I, I don't, I thought I had Jess edit that out there. <laughs> I think she's a fun character. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, uh, ended up reading more of that issue and looking into some things and liking a lot more, going with the concept that she is a little more impulsive. All these different Eric. things that DC has put out there, though, with the, you know, the previews. What did you think about this? And I, I look at Facebook a lot of times. There's always going to be these people, though. It's like, here's the next Batman. What do you think about this? Bruce Wayne is Batman yeah. and he's the only Batman. And then you go to like, what'd you think about Wonder Woman? Diana Prince is the only Wonder Woman. You yeah. don't got to change your costume or her skin color. To they do don't it. even like, know what's going what's on. They don't know what's going on. And then I saw this one guy. He's like, hey, if the Latinos are mad, we got it. That's their problem. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. I don't, oh my, it's Eric. No, but I yeah. I guarantee most of the people who said that aren't even Latinos. I said. <laughs> Just digging this hole. Oh my goodness gracious. You end up with all this going on. And I did, you know, say that me and you always have a wait and see policy and to give it a shot. And then when these books come out, the word gets out that Wally's saying nobody's giving it a shot. And I'm like, please, just give it a shot. Nobody's giving it a shot. Give it a shot. They're just mad for the sake of being mad. Like you always told me, there's no bad characters, just bad writers. But to me, it, it there's no bad situation, just Who bad are these writers. People with their problems about Wally. I mean, really, they probably <laughs> hot-headed Latinos. As far as you're concerned, always they yelling. Are, they are so pissed off. The famine is being projected, like you're presented as being hungry all the time. Where does DC get it off with this cliche, this stereotype? Right. It's like when they end up, you know, shaming Parasite because he just wants to feed Eric. But no, the, the whole idea of having this first week, I was surprised by some of the books. Some of the books that I thought I'd like, I didn't as much, and some I liked more. And so I think that give it a shot. I think that if you haven't read some of these and you're like, yeah, I'll listen to these guys, you know, yuck it up with these, but I'm not going to get them. Uh, hopefully you'll have heard us say something or other that you might pick these up. Definitely check out Generation Shatter because I see a lot of people skipping out on that. People don't understand. I told you that DC is not pushing that as anything. They almost, I said, it is almost like Spoon James, me, the rapper, is dropping (laughs) that surprise album on Friday on iTunes, not even telling anybody. I just dropped an album. Nobody knew. So did it drop, Eric? I don't know. I don't know. It dropped in the woods. Nobody heard it. I'm Spoon James, and I'm here to say I'm dropping albums like this almost every day. That's my rap, Eric. Oh, oh shit. I'm trying to get away from you being canceled. I'm trying to, you know, humor people now to, to calm them down there because they're so hot-headed. Are they already picketing <laughs> in the streets? I said they're hot-headed. <laughs> ah, yes, Eric. There you go. Eric didn't really mean to offend people with his talk like that. He He's just way, really. dense. He is a man, a man-child, I would say, who sits in and usually sees those four walls around him and does not know how the real world works, though he really doesn't care. And so just please be kind to him, whether or not he's kind to you. (laughs) He's our special little guy. (laughs) Because if you end up getting mad at him, 
then he's just gonna say you're hot-headed and he's gonna say it prove him right you don't stop being do a stereotype that. please don't end up doing that now he is irish he's gonna go off and get drunk right now and maybe hit jess i, I don't wish. know that's no, no, their not problem to, well, well, not the jess part <laughs> Eric is not a girlfriend beater. He just likes to joke. He plays one on TV. That's, that's the thing. All. That's the thing. If I do have her, you know she's going to deserve it. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, really. I just don't. No, Jim. Make this go. better because uh, that's, that's digging a hole. Oh, my God. I was You're just going to say that, yeah, I mean, it's her fault for not listening. I don't know. There you go. I'm not, You're a monster, I'm not too. your hype man, Eric. I'm sitting here in my life running scared. Every single second of the day. So I don't know what goes on. I am under attack constantly in my life from all sides. It, it really, if it adds a couple more to it, I, I, I guess I can take it. But I hope we don't get canceled. Eric. You're awful. You're awful. You really I love are. You are so awful. I, I ended up breathing that. And I'm like, ooh, Eric. Ooh, my. But that's that, Eric. Before we And you say, like it more now? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I actually ended up when when I was separated from my main reason of contention, namely you. I ended up being able to sit there and say, <laughs> you know what? If I tell you how much I enjoy it, yeah, I had to fight you. It was the idea though when I first read it, and you ended up, Eric. It's not that you ended up using your words for hurting; you used them for healing at this point. Because when I went back to read it and thought to myself, well, let me look at it in the vein of she's not a big dummy, that she is impulsive and things, and see how that plays out more. Get with the idea away from she has no plan whatsoever and goes in with it. I actually really enjoyed the issue more than just liked it a little the bit. Thing is, I, there was a, a TV show or a movie that I was watching you recently. You have to talk I, I like I do. Last night. The, the no, piano music's that. going. But turn the piano music off. There's what? a show or a movie that I was watching recently, and I wish I could. I wish I could remember what it is, but I don't. But in that movie or TV show, this person was kept talking about what their plan was, and they kept saying like, "I'm going to go and do this." That's not a plan. That's a list of objectives. Yeah, yeah. I, I and that's get exactly that. what Yara Floor has. That's what you say, Eric. You're gonna be canceled. Woo, 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 woo. There we go. That is my song for you. I'm I'm gonna look to make a canceled song, and I uh, expect Weird. I expect a Tony Stark apology by next week. Not happening. Uh, but yeah, I ended up really uh, going with the idea of trying to look at it in a different frame of mind, like you were doing. You know, the dummy frame, and I ended up where I was like, you know what? <laughs> the dummy I, frame. I, I ended up like, yeah, I could get that, and then with that, I even had a little more fun. With the whole airport as the whole uh, underground deal, underground, the underworld. While I do say one thing that when I was reading it, I wish that they ended up at a crossroads where all of the different gods, underworlds or, you know, the final deal was spelled out. Like here you're going to Hades, there you're going to hell, here you're going. I, I think that would have been pretty cool, but but it's only presented the way that like she is presenting. We're seeing what she sees because I of what think her that they are. actually may have actually went past that and got to that terminal because you do see the terminal on there and you see other people there. I think that maybe they would have had something where because it looks like they're going through the you know the airport type deal to get to there. I would have even like you end up seeing Nirvana. I don't mean the group, but maybe you end I up having you know reincarnation. Have some people. So I think that would be a pretty cool concept and what else i got from it the the bunch of times i read it last night again was the concept that she isn't the perfect idea for this world but they need her and there's a trouble with the gods and things that spelled out at the beginning that we didn't really 
talk about much in our, you know, verbal review, Eric. But please, people, please, please don't judge Eric. He is not one that's a smart man. And he says what he says and wears his heart on his stinky sleeve, right? Got a headband. Yeah, headband. Yeah, so there you go. That's it. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you are new to this, good luck, Eric. <laughs> I mean, they're like, what the hell happened this this podcast? But we end up hopefully convincing some people to check some books out. I will once again repeat one thing more, what Eric said. Please check out Generation Shattered. It's really good, even if it doesn't mean anything by the long run or whatever. It feels like more of a classic crisis-type story than Death Metal did. Which and is weird because the thing is, it's only two issues as yeah, far as we know right now. Yeah, it's only two that we and know. Like, it feels like an event, but it's not an event, so no, I don't even know not, what to call it at this but point. But it feels like it. It feels like, like Crisis on Infinite Earths-type deal. It, it has that retro feel to it that I really thought was played out well. And it's really, really well done. Just kind of skip the John Romita parts. You don't need that art, but the other stuff is really, really well done. I, I, that shocked me more than any book has in a long time because of the fact DC wasn't pushing it at all. So check that out. But we're done, Eric. What do we, we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Play with this toy, play with it.